Willkommen to episode 9 I, I knew there was <laughs> of the Red Leaf Retrocast. Uh, I couldn't resist. I knew it was coming. The whole, the, whole, <laughs> the whole German thing had I to happen. I knew it was going to happen. This ninth episode of the Red Leaf Retrocast is brought to us by David's Tea. We're getting that out right away. Fantastic tea. I'm drinking it right now. Green tea. I was at the roller coaster park in in toronto here all day yesterday my mom visited so i tried my best not to lose my voice and i think i succeeded uh my mom didn't succeed very much she should have had some <laughs> david's tea should i you know what she should have drank all the david's tea after the the theme park and maybe she would have had a better voice so this one we're going to talk about the topics are is the switch worth buying at this point and today's date is July 30th. So I think it's uh, I think it's a good few good titles have come out. Or not so good titles, you might say. It's a good time to talk about it. Discuss it. How Nintendo's doing as a whole. Uh, we, we, got some, we got some small datas, you might say. And we're going to follow it up with emulators. Just if you use them, if you don't. Uh, what do you prefer? How do you play your, your games that are... That, uh, are three hundred dollars that you three to a thousand dollars that you can't afford? How do you play those games? I play them any way I can. That's right. I'm a cheater. Uh, some of, some of us do, anyways. Uh, so those are our two topics, and then we're going to dive into our topic theme of the day, and that is second sequels. And it's oh, life gets in the way. Not going to apologize, but it has been a month. Luckily, the Red Leaf Retrocast also has the Worldwide Weebs, the anime cast, to keep you entertained in between. The best episodes, which is these retro game ones, which is how the podcast started in the first place. Hell yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if you haven't noticed, but we have Kevin here, but no Josh. Yeah, he's sleeping or something, or in Weeboo land. He's, he's, he's busy himself, which is okay. You know, we're, we're, the podcast will go on without him this one time. <laughs> the one time, yeah. Wake up, Josh. The one time. He might join us, maybe, it's, if he wakes up, but probably not. If he wakes up, but yeah, I think he's missed the boat on this one. I've I've wanted to... This was my pick, second sequels. And what this entails is basically the third game in a series. So think of Dark Souls 3. Think of Mass Effect 3. Those are those uh, are terrible threes to bring up. <laughs> oh, well, I mean... Well, Dark Souls no, people. Like Dark Souls yeah, 3. Dark Souls people. Like, I was like, Mass Effect 3. They're like, no... Yeah, basically the game is the second sequel to a series. Uh, are are they usually bad? Are they usually good? Is it is it done? A recent uh, third game that came out is the an, an insane trilogy of Crash Bandicoot, which it entails the third game, which is Warped. And are, people would argue that's the last the last great <laughs> Crash Bandicoot game. Hey, come on, the Game Boy Advance ones exist. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah, I think this. I think the statement stands. <laughs> the verdict is out there. <laughs> what are the PS? No, uh, Twin Sanity wasn't that one good. It was okay. Yeah, I don't think it was good. I'm gonna make videos of it, and we're gonna see how good it is eventually. I got a backlog. Yeah, some other notable ones is like the Mega Man, Mega Man games, Mega Man Three, uh, Contra Three. Uh, our whole objective here was to kind of stay away from possible series that we could make an entire podcast episode over and uh and focus more on kind of maybe sequels not many people have played or or something that's so um 
important or good that we couldn't not miss it, you know? And the, Kevin, those were mostly your picks, your two picks. I had the, I picked the ones I picked because one was almost obvious to pick and the other one was kind of like a, a hit or miss. Some people like it, some people go, why? I, I got reasons for what I picked, we'll get into. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I tried to delve into uh, some different games and, and Josh picked, woo, what a, you know, Josh's picks. <laughs> Josh, yeah, thanks, Josh. And then and now he's not here, so. Yeah. Well, now we're in July of 2017, so there has been quite a few games in 2002 that now qualify. <laughs> oh, good. Finally, I get to start picking some PS2 games. Yeah, we're, we're, we're finally getting to some games that are becoming retro. Madden 2001 coming at you. Let's do this. <laughs> oh, God, a sports game topic? Oh, yeah. It might actually not be too bad. I already have choices for that uh, if we ever pick them, by the way. I already know what I'd pick. So, where can we find the podcast, Kevin? Have you have you been keeping up with this? See, I'm gonna. I, I know that there's normal things to say, but I'm gonna give everyone a pro tip. If you have an Android, I don't know about iOS. There's an app called Podcast Addict that I use, and pretty much like if it's on SoundCloud, Podcast One, iTunes, it takes all the like servers, and you can literally get them all in one app. And Redleaf Retrocast is on there. So if you want that oh. and all your other podcasts from all these sources, Podcast Addict, get that app. Pro tip. I might have to look into that. Well, the main places that you can find the podcast is, of course, iTunes, Google Play Music. We are now on Stitcher, it's, Smart Radio, yep. TuneIn Radio, and of course, the big one, the hub, Podbean. <laughs> it's still there. such a funny name. Podbean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well... They're good. I, I like what they I like what they uh, allow us to do. So we're at a pl- plethora of places now. If you want to contact us, you can contact me at Bowling JD, and you can t- contact Kevin at Console Kev. Hey, and check out hit, check out our YouTube channels. They're in the description of the podcast episode all the time. Uh, if you haven't checked out the anime podcast that that I do with some other friends to fill in the gaps, go check that out as well. You might learn some things. It's retro anime. <laughs> we even discussed some topics. Uh, the most recent one was uh, deep narrative in storytelling. And we discussed a anime called Two Heart from 1999. So leave it leave it at that. <laughs> Have you ever gone over my favorite anime, Cory in the House? That is not an anime. Just don't lie to but me. But I, I know the joke going around. <laughs> this is, I'm being very serious. Oh, God. No. Uh, it's 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 retro anime. It's all all anime that's uh, before two thousand that came out. Uh, we even do have our own discussion, so that's that's out there. There's some other podcasts I'd like to shout out, and that's the PNG podcast at Dayspace. It's rambunctious, all kinds of different shit going on along there. And that's uh, do you, Kevin. Do you have any other podcasts you'd like to bring up? I have a couple. Uh, number one is where I live. There are these guys called Second Opinion Games. Uh, they're somewhere around the Connecticut area, and I met them a couple times. Super nice podcast. It's like pretty much two guys doing the whole podcast, and they're highly ranked on iTunes all the time. And oh, cool. the other one I want to mention is they're pretty big. They've been doing it for 10 years. It's called Video Game Outsiders. I've never seen like a like a big podcast that's really interactive with their community. Like You can tweet at them personally, and they will answer you. You, know, they, they, you can leave voicemails, and they'll play them on the show. Really nice to see like a big a big podcast who like actually 
interacts with people. So mm-hmm. those are the main two I want to get out there. Okay. Well, Kevin, the, what's going on in your life here? Because I've I've had a bad summer, and I don't want to bring the podcast negativity into this. Well, I'm not much better. I've been working anywhere between 60 to 84-hour weeks. Uh, I've had no free time playing all these games for the podcast, at least to dabble in them, which I'll give a forewarning. I've dabbled in most of them. Um, it, I, I'm squeezing it in. I'm finally getting on like a normal work schedule slowly i don't know how long it's gonna last but it's sad when a 40 hour week feels like a vacation so um doing that i'm trying kind of i'm kind of with you on that one yeah i'm trying i'm trying to uh i did a couple jujitsu tournaments uh one went my way one was okay but i realized like my cardio is kind of crap so i started doing insanity again uh it hurts every time so that sucks true fact Uh, but i'm trying to get down to 220 pounds because i was hanging around at 250 for a while and as of yesterday, it was 236. So in a month, I've lost, uh, what's that math, 14? Not bad. Uh, well, they say two pounds a week is probably Ideal. He- the healthy way to go. Yeah. You've, you've seemed to have gone way over that. But you probably have more, more pounds to lose than someone like me, who, if I lose a pound in a month, it's like, yes. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, from Because re- I'm really small. From wrestling, yeah, <laughs> I learned a couple, uh, some tricks and tips for cutting weight. Um, are we gonna go sweatpants over... and a sauna? Oh, I I do have a sauna suit. Are we gonna go over other things we've been playing besides the podcast games, or should I not over stuff? Oh, absolutely, I'd love to go over that. What, what have you What have you been playing um, besides the podcast games? Well, for our, for the game of the month club I run, which is called Game Clubs, you can find it on the old Facebooks. Uh, we have what was uh, July? July we played Dead Space Extraction, and Okami is our RPG of the quarter. Um, Dead Space Extraction sucks. I played. To be fair, I played on. <laughs> is that the Wii U version of Dead Space? No, that was the Wii version. That was the rail shooter, but it was also on the PS3, which I didn't know. Oh. And if okay. you play on the PS3 without the Move controller, like I did, it's boring. I played two levels. And I was like, this sucks. I should have played on Wii, which is the only time I'll ever say that. Um, and then <laughs> Okami's fine. It's just like it's a really pretty game, but I feel like it's it's like stupid easy. So like I'm kind of just running through it. I'm using a guide because I don't want I don't have time to get lost. But it's just like it's so easy. I'm like, eh, whatever. And I started Mega Man Zero too, which what are you, what, well before you go, what uh what platform are you playing Okami on? Oh, PS3, the HD version. Oh, okay. so I see. I have the Wii version. I love. I actually love the motion controls in that. It's it's fine on like, Wii, and I would have played it that way. It just uh, there was a flash, and it was like a dollar. I was like, eh, it's a pretty game already. Let's make it prettier. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Mega Man Zero Two, that game is less hard than Zero One, but still kick you in the nuts and make you cry. <laughs> so, uh, I love the Zero series. It's funny because Mega Man's always been about like you know using a gun and pew pewing. Screw that right? sword all the time. Just run through people cartwheeling with a sword, cutting enemies in half. Like, the gun takes, like, three hits. I'm like, nah, fuck this. Fuck. Uh, I'm almost done with that game, but I'm at the boss rush, and I keep dying a lot. So, maybe I'll beat it this week. Oh, wow. What have you been up to? Uh, well, I've been playing the piss out of some Crash Insanity trilogy. Uh, I 100%ed Crash Bandicoot on the remaster. And I, I don't know what everyone's talking about with the game being harder. I know the jumping's a bit different, uh, but you get once you die a certain amount of times at a level, the mask comes, mm-hmm. which it doesn't do that in the first game. No, I thought. And it was you easier. can save after every level. 
Which is like a necessity, because that was like a big flaw in the original uh, Bandicoots. Well, yeah, the only way you could save was beating a special stage. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> and some of those special stages are really hard. <laughs> they really are, actually. And the other thing, I, I can't remember, but I believe in the special stages in the original, uh, when you died, you're, you're kicked out mm-hmm. and you lose a life. While in the remaster here, um, you, can, you don't lose a life and you can keep going back into the special stage until you pass it. Which is... So I was never able to 100% the game as a kid, and I get this this remaster, and I blew through it 100%ing it. And now I'm on Crash 2 and uh, trying to get used to the the slide jump control that's in the game. Mm-hmm. That was what they added, and that's pretty uh, that's pretty hard to, to, to go from the first to the second game. Yeah, I got that trilogy uh, recently for my birthday, and the jumping arcs are a little different than original crash i've noticed so like it takes some getting used to it first but once you play it for like a time or two you're fine oh yeah it took me just a few levels and i was like oh okay so he like lands a bit uh quicker and the um i guess the hitbox is rounded mm-hmm. as opposed to square so he fall like on the bridge levels he's he definitely falls a lot easier right than in the first one that's for sure but luckily there's only two of those levels <laughs> eh, I mean, it's a fun trilogy. I wish I, I got to play more of it. I haven't really messed with Crash a whole lot in my life. Oh my god, I'm I'm beating every level with Coco because it's so fun. What the, is there a difference has... between her, him and or her and Crash? No, no, not at all. Oh, okay. It's then. just you just get to be Coco. <laughs> all right, works for me. Yeah, and then the other game I was playing is Splatoon Two, which takes us into our topic of is a Switch worth buying? That was sneaky. Yeah, it's very sneaky. And it's with with the big release of Splatoon two. Uh, what I was worried about, and what a lot of people were worried about, was is there going to be a bundle for the Switch when around this time? Because a lot of people are looking for a bundle at this point, and that was the original concern. Why wasn't there a bundle at launch with Breath of the Wild? Well, I mean, everyone knows that that game's going to sell like hotcakes, and it did. So why sell it in a bundle when you can make an extra like sixty to a hundred dollars wherever you're buying the game from? Because <laughs> it's good consumer practice. That's why. You put good faith well, out. Uh, they, well, they put the good faith out with uh, the release of Splatoon 2. And there was a bundle with Mario Kart Deluxe, actually. Not, which, I, that's, a, that's a very good bundle. Never, especially if you, don't, if you didn't buy a Wii U. Mm-hmm. Uh, which we'll get into that. Kevin, you're going uh, to play the no guy, and I'm going to play the yes guy. I mean, yeah, we'll we'll get into it. I just, I mean, we we kind of hinted at each other. That's kind of the route we're taking on this topic. Just, I'm not there yet. I'm just, I'm waiting. I'm not saying it will never be worth it. I'm just, I'm waiting right now. So, I'd like to run some numbers. Oh boy, with you over the switch and how's it, how it, how it's doing. You ready for this? Yes, sir. So, as of now. And its current pace, uh, Nintendo is expecting to ship 10 million Nintendo Switches by the end of the year. And to put that number in perspective, they've already sold almost 3 million. And I'm taking this no, I'm taking this from an article I found on ExtremeTech.com. Dream Tech. Extreme Tech. Oh, Extreme Tech. I thought I said Dream Tech. I'm like, no, okay. Extreme Tech. That sounds like a Chinese website if I've ever heard one. 
<laughs> yeah. And to put that number in perspective, the Wii U sold in its entire run 13 million consoles. So not even a year will go by, and it looks like the Switch is basically going to hit the, the, the Wii U's number. That's good. That's very good for Nintendo. That means they did, they're doing something right. <laughs> they are they are doing something right and the switch looks good it feels good overall it's a it's a fine package i can't lie about that it's it's crazy um i'm quite enjoying the switch i don't regret buying it for one second my mom was visiting uh because i've been having a hard time summer been a bad time and yeah <laughs> my mom came and i was very happy to get a hug from her so it's been a rough time <laughs> You're like hey mom have you played my switch yet i got splatoon well well i well she was just we we're just kind of chilling um i was done working uh for the day and i popped up splatoon 2 and she was having so much fun she and she and she played it a bit i played it a bit uh she wasn't any good at it but she didn't care it was fun she liked using all the weapon her favorite weapon in splatoon 2 uh i refer to it as the pop gun all it does is fire in a straight line, a load of paint, and then it explodes. And she was making the jokes, it's like a dude ejaculating paint. <laughs> Your mom sounds cool. And she goes, I can't wait to get a guy in the face and kill him with my paint ejaculation. I go, Mom, are you kidding me? <laughs> I've been through some shit, kid, alright? Let me have this. It was so funny. She had no interest in winning for the team. All she wanted to do was kill someone with the pop gun. <laughs> And meanwhile, my my weapon of choice was just a bucket in which you just throw people, throw paint at people, and it, it, you you can just see people's reactions. I finally tried out the uh, the uh, in-game speak app that Nintendo's using. Stop that! Um, Don't do it ever again. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's, it it, cu- it cuts in and out a lot. It's an app. Um, it's bad. If you have an older phone, your phone's gonna crash crash with that app all the time. It's it's very finicky. It's not. It's not a good product. But when it did work, it was quite funny uh, to hear people's reactions. <laughs> so can we? While while you're on the voice thing, there, there's my first like big issue with the switch is that that whole setup for the headset. Number one is just why I can't figure that one out. Why they decide to do that? And like two, I'm. Sh- I heard a rumor that like there isn't enough RAM in the switch because it was a handheld to like make that work. Like you can't do voice chat through it. Like, wouldn't that be something you could think about, like, at all? I don't know. I'm, I, with today's technology, I can definitely see why they chose to save save some space and, and with the RAM limitations, why they went that route. Which is fine. Uh, it's just like, can, can, like, you can't have your phone go to sleep, which is silly. Like, No, and that, that happened to me constantly. Which is like, like I, can, I can understand all this thing. If they want to do the phone app thing, like, I was at the point where I was like, okay, if I can run the phone app, and just plug headphones or, like, a Bluetooth headset on and, like, have this running, I could see it working, but they made it, like... It's, like, those little stupid Nintendo moves. It's, like, what you mean I can't put my phone to sleep? Like, or don't check your messages or do anything else, and it's just, like, the the app's done. So, like, you might as well use Discord or something. Yeah, when I'm playing with a few friends, I've been using Discord, too. That we don't hear little kids either. Yeah, no. No, they're they're you know a couple college friends, couple uh, one high school friend. Um, that also entails them having switches, but only a few do. Yeah. Uh, the other numbers that I want to lay out 
and this is probably the the best one. This is from BusinessInsider.com. This is the one I find I find uh, most fascinating. Okay. Mm-hmm. In the first quarter of release, and that entails the Wii, Wii U, and Switch. I got the comparison on all of them. Is the Wii sold 2.86 million units in the in its first quarter? The Wii U 2.66, and the Switch 2.74. So they're all kind of in the same ballpark of each other. Hardcore Nintendo fans will buy the new Nintendo console. Always. Always. So those numbers haven't changed. Uh, The most interesting is the software sales and how much money they've made. The Wii went 13.7 million because that was the beginning of the virtual console. Respectable. The Wii U... Had a virtual console upon release, if I'm not mistaken. Right, Kevin? The Wii U did not have it right away. But it did come out in the first quarter, correct? I want to say, no. you know what? It didn't. I remember this, because I was sitting in class and I was waiting for the virtual console to be released. And the only thing it it had was you can go into the Wii menu and use the Wii's virtual console. So if you want to count that. That's what it was. That's what it was. And I felt real stupid. Like I was like, I'm waiting to play this and it wouldn't work. Well, all these people uh, buy a Wii U, they go into the Wii Virtual Console, because that was that was an ability, because that was already there. And because you have a new device, you'd have to repurchase a lot of the games. So that led to two point, or, uh, 10.17 million in sales. So 13.7 for the Wii, 10.17 for the Wii U. Basically, everyone's, a lot of people are repurchasing all ga- old games. That they had already done. An account system would be cool. <clears throat> so, uh, there's rumors that Nintendo uh, are going to start that with the Switch, but who I, I don't I don't even know what to make of it anymore. Now, with the Switch being released, there isn't a lot of software available on the system at all. There's no virtual console. It's just a bunch of Neo Geo games and a few games that come out virtually. Um... And a lot of the new t- new titles you can also purchase uh, from the uh, uh, the store on the Switch. Switch has only sold 5.46 million. So based on this data, they're missing a lot of sa- of lot of uh, revenue not having a virtual console. Which is sad because that's like I know everyone's like, oh, you could emulate it, you could do whatever, but like it's nice to actually like, have it and kind of own it in a way, whether your stance on digitals or not. But at the same time, I'm like, if Nintendo doesn't give me an account and I have to buy Mario Brothers for the fourth time, like, I'm not, I, I just don't want to do it either, you know? Hey, uh, I mean, the the numbers don't lie. They're missing out on, on sales. The, the hardware's doing well, but the pace and which the hardware's selling and their, their uh, production ability, uh, looks like it's going to blow the Wii U out of the water and it won't even be close. It's uh it's almost at Wii levels of sales and the Wii was a freak <laughs> when it came out in sales. It was the best-selling console of its generation. It was the most successful dust collector ever. I mean, I st- I still play I still play the Wii. No, but I'm saying like most people that bought it like bought the Wii it was like, "Oh, Wii Sports is real fun." And then they never used it again, you know. Oh, well, yeah, and and that's one major difference we've seen between the Wii and the Switch, is the Switch, you have a lot of hardcore fans coming back to this console. Good. That's what Nintendo needs. 
And that's exactly what Nintendo needed. Um, so those are the numbers. Now let's go into the real thing. Uh, I'd like to... St- is, is a Switch worth buying? Now, Kevin, before... We'll start with you. Uh, the games that have come... The major games that have come out for the Switch is Breath of the Wild Zelda. On Wii U. ARMS. Yeah. Mario Kart Deluxe. Also on Wii U. And Splatoon 2. Splatoon with a couple more features. Sure. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad game. I'm just like, I'm not in a rush to really play either. Because like from everything I've I've seen, I have not played it. It just looks like more Splatoon, which isn't a bad thing. I'm just like, "Ah, I've experienced that before kind of thing, you know? The comparison I make with Splatoon 2 is Mario Galaxy 2. Yeah, so it's, that's the thing. It's very similar. I just I don't feel like it's enough of a new experience right now for me. And I and I'm a little upset at like things I've seen in Splatoon two that are like like some quality of life improvements. Like you have to back out to go switch your weapon. Like why? Just let me do it in that menu. Uh, well, there is a there is a quicker interface. Yeah, but yeah, you do have to go to the you do have to go to that menu. Or like, if you want to play um, a horde mode, you can only go at certain times, for some reason. Yeah, there's some, there's some weird things. Uh, I've been I've been kind of, I have definitely been playing more of the online right. than I did with the first Splatoon. Right. Uh, but that's that has a lot to do with the portable aspect. Uh, and the single player story mode is basically exactly the same as the first one. Uh, with the funny boss battle, you know, you get your you get your linear levels to throw paint around, kill some dudes, and then uh, a, f- a quirky little boss battle at the end. Again, not necessarily a bad thing. Um, I'm sure people wanted a more in-depth story for the single player. Right. But it is more of the same. Uh, do I regret buying Splatoon 2? Absolutely not. Oh, no, I'd tell you to buy Splatoon 2 any day. It's just... It's, I don't know. I'm not there yet. I need something else from the system. And I think that something else will be Mario Odyssey. Provided it's the way I want and not Mario 3D World. Because the thing that sucked about Mario 3D World is like, they were just like random blotches of land floating in the sky. And like nothing felt connected. (laughs) You know, so like I kind of want like a Mario 64 experience, which it seems like it's going to be. That seems exactly yeah. like it's it's going to be go that route. So I'm kind of excited for that if it comes out the way I want. It'll be Mario Odyssey. But like beyond that, I think oh the Rabbids game I want to play. The you know what? I think I'm totally with you on yeah, that. Yeah, it's XCOM. I don't know. I don't know why I want it. It's XCOM. That's why. <laughs> but you I want need it. it in my life. It's it's <laughs> it's literally Mario XCOM. Like, I want that. So, like, I have those two games I want, but, like, the the main thing that just bothers me, and I said it before, is, like, I want an account system. Because, like, I don't mind buying things digitally, but I need to know, like, anything I buy is backed up. Like, I, I lost my Smash Brothers DLC because I had to replace my 3DS. So, oh, no. it's just like, yep, sucks to be you, guy. Like, and I can call Nintendo, they're like, well, how do we know you purchase it? I'm like, maybe if you had a fucking account, I could tell you. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's just those, it's, it's little Nintendo things to fix, but they also need, and then it's going to be rough because they don't have the, the horsepower to, 
put a lot of third party things on there, but like they need a you need a mix of first and third parties to sell a system. Like, well, I mean, that's kind of detracting from where yeah. we're going right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm, uh, I'm gonna roll it back. I mean, the third party is gonna. I mean, we're seeing we're what's on the plate for the Switch is 2018 is when third parties coming. Yeah, and the first party the first party is this year right now in the present for is a is a Switch worth buying? So. Kevin, you 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 make the joke, you make a certain joke about why you haven't personally bought a Switch yet. What is that? Games be expensive. There's that one. Which one are you looking for? Because <laughs> <laughs> well, you got a few. So I, I, well, one one example is like Binding of Isaac is how much on a Switch. I think okay. I think it's True. I think it's like four, it's, it's like forty. That's a little indie game. I get you're getting a cartridge and you have a physical copy of it, but like it's fifteen on PSN. Like, do I really want to pay that extra money for a game that's been out for a long time? Like, right? Or you can get it on a, a Steam sale yeah. or something. And honestly, a game like Binding of Isaac isn't something I'd want to keep a cartridge for because like it's something you pick up, play quick. Like, I'd rather have it downloaded just to take a break from Zelda or something mm-hmm. or like street fighter two, like one, I don't, first of all, I don't see why I knew it was super hyped about ultra street fighter two. It's street fighter two. Again, it's on literally everything and fighting game community, man, which is fine, but it already came out on 360 and PS3. It's like a, it's like a five year old game and they're selling it for, for $40. I bought it for 10. You know, I actually blame Capcom for that, not so much Nintendo. Oh no, it's definitely Capcom's fault. I understand. I understand <laughs> that. Um, but it's like the the pricing of Switch games is like you have to pay that Nintendo tax. Like things are just generally more expensive. Like the controller alone is seventy dollars. Yeah, that's kind of, yeah. The, the, when your controller's worth more than your games, like I'm just like that's. That's a little steep. I know it's got some HD rumble in the NFC reader, but I'm like, it's a controller. Like, I, I don't. You know, you bring up the rumble. I'm really enjoying the rumble feature in in the game. Not that it's not good, but I don't know who's going to use I, that HD feature ever. Yeah, I, I do wish there was a little bit more feedback in Splatoon 2, mm-hmm. like there was in in Breath of the Wild for the rumble feature. What do they use it in that for? Oh, it it felt like there was when when I got hit, uh, only the right side. If I got hit from the right side, the the right side of the rumble would. Th- that would be the only part that would rumble, and the left side would barely get any feedback. In Splatoon two, the whole thing shakes, so it's it's not really utilizing, uh, even just that little, little trick. Side note: If you ever play Splatoon on the Wii U and use the tablet, turn that that rumble off because I remember that game was impossible. Because any any time like paint hit anywhere, it was like, (laughs) yeah, it was yeah. I I do remember that. I it didn't bother me though. It was terrible. It was worse than Wonderful One Hundred One. So Kevin, do you have Breath of the Wild on the Wii? I do. I got it July ninth. Why? Because why do I have to buy a three hundred dollars system to play a Zelda game? It's a the the Switch version is a port of the Wii U one anyway, so I'm not missing anything. No, actually, the Wii U is a port of the Switch. Port. I will totally debate you on this because I know for a fact it's a Wii U. It's the Switch one's the Wii U port. I will fight you. Why is the Switch one better then? It's not better. It's the same game. I'm saying I'm not missing out on anything by buying it on the Wii U. Mm. 
The only thing I'm missing out on is I can't take it on the go. And honestly, I've tried taking Zelda games on the go. I won't anymore because I normally get stuck, have to look up a guide, and it's a mess to fumble my phone and, like, the system. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. I just I, I just need a, a solid killer app for the Switch for me to buy it and not a port of an older game. Like, people are losing their shit over Skyrim on Switch, and I cannot figure that one out. Like it's cool to bring Skyrim's popular. It's I, I you know I'm I'm the same boat with you on that. I don't know why people are hyped about a game that's X amount of years old. It's fine. <laughs> and Skyrim can be popular, but it's vanilla Skyrim. Like it's not even like the remastered. And everyone's like, but Zelda mods. I'm like, cool. Malibu Stacy got her new hat. I got it. But it's <laughs> Skyrim. Like it's it's been out for six years almost. It's just, man. It's and it's gonna be sixty dollars. I'm sure, right? 80 in Canada. Uh, great. You're selling me more. <laughs> I just, I, yeah. I'm just waiting for, like any system. I didn't even buy a PS4 at launch because there were so many remasters and like the same things being churned out. So I'm just waiting for like, like Metroid's coming out eventually. Then I'll probably definitely get one if I don't have one by then. I would like a proper Star Fox. You know, not uh, Zero. <laughs> I actually, you know what? Let me rephrase that. Not Star Fox sixty four again. Um, right. You know, like like ever since, which was Star Fox again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just I just want Nintendo to like take things I love and make new games for them, backed up by I don't need like a port of something on PS four, but like you know, let Namco make something new. Let who else is buying them? I don't know. Just give me things they can only get on Switch. You know. Okay. So you want more exclusive, basically. Yeah, that's what and that's not, what sells not the anything, system. And not, and not any more ports. Yeah, I mean, you could have some, but I don't want the number to overflow original content. So you're one of the few people that has a Wii U. I have one as well. I'm one of the four, yep. Yeah. <laughs> so if you have a Wii U right now... Mm-hmm. And you don't have the disposable income to justify a three hundred dollar purchase or four or five, depending where you live. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be my own devil's ad- advocate, no, I don't think a switch is worth it right now. I think, I think, in t- I think in time, uh, it will be. Mm-hmm. Just like you mentioned with the PS4, uh, the PS3 was so good and had so many games, and the PS4 had the same. You know, games. And a lot of people <laughs> bought a PS3. So the PS4 was just remastering and putting out those same games. Does that justify buying the new console? No. no. And the fact that PlayStation immediately hits the market with a new model one or two years after launch, why bother? Yeah. So there was there was that. That's a great that's a great comparison and a great example of why you shouldn't buy one. Yeah. And um, luckily, I time. I I made the I made the decision and I did and I did have the uh, I did save. Previously to the Switch coming out, with the anticipation that Breath of the Wild is going to be the launch game, I'm going to play the crap out of that. Uh, that's going to be a major reasoning to buy a Switch to make to to make the the uh, transition. You might say, make the Switch, uh, make the Switch. I wasn't I wasn't going to do it. I, but I had to. It was there. You did it for me. Yeah, yeah. Make the Switch to the Switch, and then over time, I could build the library. Uh, but that, of course, I had to save and have the disposable income to do it. If I didn't have it, would I have gone out of my way 
to justify the switch purses. No, I probably, I, I in fact, would have done your, your route, Kevin, of just buying Breath of the Wild on the Wii U and call it good. Especially with the fact that I already had Mario Kart 8, and I already had Splatoon. And they're not, they're not, Mario Kart 8 is just, or Deluxe is just 8 with the DLC and a couple more tracks, and Splatoon 2 is the Mario Galaxy 2 yeah. of the game. It's more of the same, uh, with a few more mechanics and uh, fish flushed out. Uh, I'm not saying they're bad games, I'm just saying if you already have those and you've already dived into the Wii U as a as a uh, a gamer mm-hmm. then no at this point it's not worth it but a lot of people didn't buy a Wii U period right that's a fact which is 13 million only 13 million people worldwide bought one and that's kind of why i justify like some of the remasters for Mario Kart and Pokémon and stuff coming to switch because again not a lot of people bought a Wii U so i get it it just for me right now uh, i i am one of the few that bought a Wii U so I personally am not sold. I'm fine with porting things over for the people that were like, wait, there was an 8th Mario Kart on this Wii U thing? What's that, you know? Oh, exactly. So, getting into where where I wanted to go is, due to the fact that the Wii U didn't sell as well as Nintendo wanted. It sold well enough for them to not, like, go bankrupt or anything. You know, it didn't go full Sega Saturn on them. (laughs) It went, like, Sega CD on them, though. Uh, a little bit. Uh, luckily, Nintendo has a good history with selling consoles, so they didn't really have to... I mean, the Wii kind of saved them for a good 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and including the Switch selling well now. Now they're they're golden. They're golden street. So we can definitely probably expect Smash ported over. Smash Wii U. It'll be Smash Wii... Smash, Smash Deluxe. I imagine what it'd be called. I I'm glad they stopped doing like switch for Smash, like name it after like system or something. Right. Um. I do like that they brought Mario Kart over immediately, but the 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 down the 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 bummer is that's probably going to be the only Mario Kart we're going to get for the Switch. Which might be the same fate for Smash Brothers too. Yeah. Exactly. Which which Um, really suck. That that that. That makes me disappointed, but luckily it looks like the Switch is going to pump out a lot of other games. I mean, I hope. It's just... The the problem is those... Is the, the controllers that comes with those little Joy-Cons. They're not... I love them. They're, they're fine, but like, your, your thumb doesn't naturally move in that little up and down motion. It needs an arc. So like having the sticks directly o- like over and under buttons is kind of weird when I held it at least, and I don't see like a lot of companies like utilizing them for like obviously to play two player because you're missing another analog stick, mm-hmm. another set of shoulder buttons, and like the placement of that stick is weird. Um, so I just feel like there's a lot of extra stuff on the switch that isn't going to be utilized, and the companies are going to be like, ah, I don't know if it's worth it, kind of thing, you know. Like that's why the I don't know. Namco it looks like it, it. It looks like be, because the Switch is portable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like if there's going to be a multiplayer game, such as with Mario Kart, the 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 amount of buttons on the controller. Uh, let's take a single Joy-Con. The amount of buttons needed are there. Yeah, and you can make games with less controls. You don't have to have 
uh, and even some of the games on the podcast didn't use use uh, all the buttons on a controller, which maybe they should have. <laughs> right, but you can make a game port with less buttons, but is a developer right. going to take the time to do that? Uh, I think they will, especially with how the Switch is selling, and any game that gets put on the Switch is selling really well. Take ARMS, for an example. A game that I think is... A pick up and play and you play for maybe an hour with a friend and you've pretty much played the whole game um, uh, a lot of people like it it's sold it has sold at this point 1.18 million copies of the game that's insane but, for a game that's not like it's it's not up to the par as zelda or splatoon <laughs> i want to see the attachment rate for arms though <laughs> i want to see how many people kept it because I heard a lot of people going, yeah, ARMS is fun, but if I'm playing by myself, this is kind of lame. So, Well, that, yeah, that's the, that's, that's the thing. It's, I don't see it going to be a long-lasting game, but fuck, it sold well. It did. It did sell <laughs> Everything's well. Everything's selling well on the Switch. So you could say, ARMS has legs. Ah! Easiest joke ever. Ah! I think everyone's used it, so I'm late to that. But Oh, this is what you come here for. <laughs> yeah, dad jokes. It's, I just, I don't know. I... I see potential in the switch i really do there's just like little little things about it that make me not want it Uh, like i want an account i don't want my games to be overpriced because they're new ports i i hate the joy cons um and i just want a a cheaper normal controller to use and now that all the beta testing's done with like switches bending in the dock and like the dock scratching stuff like those problems are kind of getting worked out so like the second revision of them i don't you know like when a company makes new hardware they don't tell anybody kind of thing Mm. i think there will be it'll be a little better like people have already found a workaround for the dock too which i'm already gonna do immediately when i get one it's just oh what is that oh just get a usb extension cord a usbc extension cord and plug into the dock and into your switch (laughs) <laughs> that way you never have to actually put it in the dock. So uh, I like I like that little novel- novelty, but I, I treat my uh, I treat my stuff well. Yeah. So I mean I do too, but you know <laughs> I don't slam it in. I've seen I've I've been over to a friend. He just he he throw he sa- it looks like he throws the switch into the dock. And I go well that's why your fucking switch is scratched. Dude, my, Look what you do to it. Dude, my buddy's <laughs> bent. Uh, like I thought that was like one guy from Polygon who did that. His is bent. His switch is actually bent from the dock, and I was just like, "Oh man." Uh, I don't know. I, th- I think it's fifty-fifty. Uh, I know people overheat their switches, and that's what bend it, mm-hmm. bent it. But like that uh, dock doesn't have a lot of ventilation either. No. And then, no, the, so I got into a fight with my buddy. He's like, "Well, they tried to keep a slim design, so you know." They, I'm like, "Okay, it doesn't cost a lot to put holes on the thing." And then I was talking about how the screen scratches. Like, and look, if there was more space for it to breathe, it wouldn't be up against the side, and then it wouldn't scratch the screen. Like, it's those, <laughs> it's those little Nintendo things that like are just huge oversights. Yeah. So maybe I don't see. I mean, Nintendo doesn't do a lot of console revisions. Maybe they'll do one with this one a year from now. Every time Nintendo makes a console revision, though, like a major one, it is always worse like look at the nes to the nes like two they took away composite like now you only had rf right you take the super nintendo to the super nintendo junior where like i think it lost like the ability to do any kind of rgb input which you got to be into obviously to get 
uh, right. Wii to Wii Mini. No internet at all, guys. Like, suck it, <laughs> suck it, nerds. It's like, so I hope they like don't make a Switch and they're like, we made a Switch Mini. It's like as big as an iPhone. Good luck. Like, <laughs> I don't, that would be like, oh boy. I will say that is the other thing with the Switch I can't do is like, I don't see me taking that portably anywhere. It's too big. It's not as big as you think. That's for sure. I, I have one. I got to play with it. it. The tablet itself is fine, but you throw Joy-Cons on it. Now I can't carry that in a bag. So what I do is uh, to pr- to protect it and not like ruin the Joy-Cons in any way. I take the Joy-Cons off. Mm-hmm. I put, I keep the tablet separate, and then I just throw the Joy-Cons like at the bottom of the bag. <laughs> See, I'm afraid something getting crushed or scratched or or something. Like I just wish it had. Some kind of, like, even if it was, like, a cheap little iPad kind of cover that I could pull on the back or something, I wish I had that. I mean, they, they sell things like that. Yeah. So. I guess. So, ultimately, uh, you're not sold yet, nope. Kevin, but you think you will be. Um, I will be eventually. Much like the PS4? Yeah, that, once the, uh, what was my killer? I mean, I'm a, I'm a Killzone fan, and Shadowfall didn't even get me. I think I bought it, I really want it when Uncharted 4 got announced. I was like, there we go. This is it. That's that's what did it for me, too. Yeah. And there was enough of a library built up at that point as well. Um, and, the, and my opinion is, if you have a Wii U, you might want to wait until Odyssey comes out. Mario? Uh, if you don't have a Wii U, I think the Switch is totally worth it right now for, for what games are available. So yeah, I just wait it out. See if you want it. I'm just I don't know. I'm not there yet. Once something cool comes out, Metroid Five, <laughs> not Prime Five, just Five. So, our next topic is emulators. Use them. That's all I got. That was the whole topic. End of the show. No, uh, emulators are a sketchy subject that people, especially in the retro gaming like community, people treat emulators like you're killing children. And I never really got that because, as we all know, like cartridge games are kind of crazy, crazy expensive. Especially they, right yeah, now. they're getting pretty bad now. I actually went to my local shop, and they said uh, everything's going up right now when it comes to cartridges because of the NES Classic. It, like, spiked people's memories, and now they want to play all their old games. So you already had people who are already nostalgic, but now you have more people who got an NES Classic or heard about it, and they're just like, man, I kind of want to go play those. So, like, everything's skyrocketing right now, around here at least. Especially the games that were on the NES Classic. Yeah. So, around... January last year, I think I've said it before, I sold all my cartridge games. And I took a break and I was like, you know what, maybe I want a couple. And then immediately I was like, no, I can't do this. Like, I was reminded of the prices. And now, which I can never understand because there's an easy, free way to play most of those games. And, like, you almost don't want to say it around some people because, like, they look down at you. But things like Little Samson, like... Uh, Panic Restaurant, not Demon's Crest, I guess that one's kind of acceptable, but you know, things that are so expensive that are, anything can, like, your phone can run a Super Nintendo, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just an easy way to do it, there's so many ways, and actually, you know, like Castlevania 3, I can't find a copy anywhere, so my options are, 
uh, eBay, uh, buy it on the Wii U Virtual Console or 3DS, or uh, what, what we're going to talk about for our topic. I actually bought a little Bluetooth controller for my phone and played it at break uh, or on break at work. It's just there's so many ways to to access these really good classics. Out. I feel like people are ignoring for the sole purpose of like to raise their retro gaming e penis. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Are you getting a little bit of that at all? No, they they kind of see it as I have the I have the actual cons uh, console and cart. Therefore, they get this elitist attitude, right? And it it gets irritating because do I want to buy a TurboGrafx CD? That thing's shit. And also, most of them don't work. Yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> so why would and and then the games are expensive too? Okay, or I can say you know what. I have a PC Engine. Those games are kind of expensive, too. I'll get the ones that I really want. I won't go over, I, you know, because I have a personal limit mm. on how much I'll pay for a, a retro game. But a game like uh, Super Air Zonk on the Turbo CD, I can get on the Virtual Console for $4. Which is worth it. And I know that's going to work. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think the limit is really... For most people, excessively, like, once you hit, like, N64 and PS1 era, like, once things start getting 3D, emulation gets a little weird, depending on what you can run. Right, yeah, that's where it gets a little a little tricky, and, uh, we'll, we'll, because a lot of these games, I did have to play on an emulator, right. or I got on the virtual console. Yeah, and it's like, those, those, again, almost anything can run it, but luckily, it just, coincidentally, I guess fate works with some ways, that... The price points are really high up to the 16-bit era. You get your PS1 and N64 games that are out there, like any system, but luckily the games that are most accessible happen to be like 8 and 16-bit. So like people right. have the ability. It's just like, I just can't understand the mentality of like, I have to have a little Samson. I want to play it. Uh, why don't you just have me it for free? Don't you speak to me with your whore mouth ever again, you know? So I I have I have my own personal like emulation rule. Yeah. Uh, what I like doing is, and we'll get into uh, devices and whatnot that we that we prefer using, because mm-hmm. uh, everyone emulates different. I've tried the phone emulation before. I hate it because there's no controller. Well, again, uh, you can get a little Bluetooth one. You you can, but even just on the phone in general, I just don't like it. Because right. phones aren't meant to play games in the first place. But if it can run <laughs> Mario Brothers, it will. <laughs> it's a rule of life, essentially. So what I like doing is I like using my emulation device of choice to demo a game. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what we do here on the podcast. We, we, we play a bit of the game, uh, and if I really like it, I will go out and buy it in some form or fashion. Uh, if I know I'm going to like it, I will immediately go go to the virtual console if it's available on there and buy it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and in the collector in me, then I'll get the car the cartridge down the line at some point if I see it. <laughs> see, we're we're very similar on our morals for this, but you're taking an extra step where I'm a cheap bastard. Um, so my rules are: I look up number one the like the cartridge and how much it costs. The game to game, I'll debate what's allowed or not in my mind. You know, like Vice Project mm-hmm. Doom. If I see it for twenty, I'll buy it. But if I see Mario Brothers Duck Hunt for like ten, I'm like, you can go to hell. Um, <laughs> no, step number two that I take is: is there a legal digital re-release of it somewhere? 
or physical re-release, which is almost never. Like, well, you get wild guns on PS4. But, like, uh, Castlevania 3 again. Okay. There's a car- I can't find a cartridge. eBay. 35 bucks. No, don't want to pay that. And there is... It's on the 3DS and Wii U. So, uh, t- I'll tend to purchase it and play it there. And then, if I actually play it on there, it's a different story. Like, um, you know, okay, I bought on the Wii U. I've legally given Nintendo my money for owning, quote, this. Because that, right. that shows you support the release. You support them keeping old games alive and, like, not letting them just fall to obscurity. Mm-hmm. So, and then, now that I've legally purchased it from them in some way, now I feel I have the freedom to do what I want. I'll play it on my computer, my Wii U, <laughs> my 3DS, my GPD XD over there, which we'll talk about. Like, now I'm, I'm free. I bought it from you. And then third option is, let's use Panic Restaurant, because I can't think of anything else, is, okay, not not viable to buy. Not on virtual console. Third option is, fuck you, I'm going to emulate it now. Yeah, there's there's even a lot of debate in the anime community with how you watch anime. Really? Like that. Oh, yeah. Um, if there's no legal stream of it. Pirate Bay, uh, motherfucker. Say again? Pirate Bay, motherfucker. Well, I live in Canada, and, and internet companies shut you off if you use Pir- Pirate Bay. Really? But, Scum. yeah, oh yeah. Uh, they're, oh, Canada's bad. I'll pirate <laughs> it for sense. you, and then I'll send it to you. So, uh, there, there's similar mindsets of pirating or emulating in, in different communities. Uh, I use anime as an example, because we actually had a piracy episode of anime Uh near the beginning of the, the podcast. So, let's get into our devices. What do you say? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, you recently, and you mentioned it in the last podcast, uh, your new device. Yeah, my, my baby over there. And it's really cool. I wish we had a video podcast going and show it off. So, uh, it, it's this little device. It looks like a 3DS XL. Uh, it's an Android tablet, in quotes, um, that is... Instead of having a bottom screen on the touchscreen, it's a gamepad controller. So you have two analog, actual analog sticks, uh, an L3 and R3 button, your four face buttons, and a D-pad, along with four shoulder buttons on the back. I like that thing because it is a dedicated device for gaming. You know, yeah, it's a mm-hmm. tablet, but it's got a purpose. And I like dedicated gaming machines. That's why I'm not a PC gamer. I like that thing. It's just... Because I don't really get into 3D with emulation because it gets all janky. It's got a lot of extra buttons. Um, that's one of my main devices. My other is my laptop because uh, while I don't have the carts and I have a system to play things, I can hook an HDMI cord right to it and just feel like I'm playing you know, NES Super Nintendo and I can pick whatever USB controller I want. Uh, right. I actually recently just beat Metal Storm with, uh, with a PS4 controller because I can't afford Metal Storm normally. Um, you know, and I'm a save scummer, which is my other favorite part of emulation because old games are bullshit. Uh, you're just not meant to beat some of them ever, but you know, technology. Oh yeah. We'll get it. We'll get into a, a game that I'm going to call you a bitch ass for. I don't care. Do it. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Like emulation gives me the ability to beat games that otherwise I would never beat. Which I think, I don't care if anyone calls me a bitch. Nobody's going to see the end of Battletoads any other way. 
Well, okay, uh, there are certain exceptions to the rule. I will, I will admit, but they all go by personal <laughs> morals and values and shit. <laughs> what do you use? So that's your that that that's your that's so you got your GPX whatever whatever thing it's called. Yeah. Fuck you! I love it. Oh, and my phone if I'm at work with a controller, but I don't prefer okay. that way. So. I wasn't really into emulation at all until I was out of college and I started working offshore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would just play the games I had and call it good. Um, I couldn't be bothered with emulating. Uh, but when I started working offshore, I wanted something to do after after killing myself in the middle of the ocean working. You know, 12 to 16 hour shifts. Don't pull yourself overboard, man. Well, this was actually also at the time that Ouya came out. And I was I was interested in it because it was small. It was easily portable and hook up to a TV. Um, you could also pair a PS3 controller up to it. I've seen people pair Wii controllers up to it. Um, uh, the EU controller is isn't very good, but it does uh, it does work. You know, yeah, um, work. It does work. So that's saying something. But the uh, the other thing that it was it ended up being good for was emulating there's a lot there's all there's a lot of good emulators on there for pc engine uh nintendo all all the nintendo consoles uh up to the n64 mm-hmm. um you could do set all the sega consoles except the saturn even the dreamcast uh would work on most games um playstation worked really well but you had to you had to install uh the, an emulator online from it yeah, but the point is, they did all work, and it was very easy to map buttons to whatever controller you you were using. And I would use primarily a PS3 controller, one without a rumble feature, because <laughs> I had no, I I wouldn't use it otherwise. <laughs> yeah, see, well, when you're talking about the PlayStation One thing, that's what I'm talking about when it gets into 3D emulation. Like, it's easy to pop in a a, a 2D game and it just runs. Like with N sixty four and PS one, it's always been like this game works with these drivers and plugins. This one you need these ones, and like that's where I'm like, okay, well, this isn't worth it, kind of thing. Well, I've never uh, there were there are certain games on the N sixty four that that are like that. Like you can't really emulate Donkey Kong sixty four very well. I think Perfect Dark is one of them as well. Like this, uh, GoldenEye, right? Uh, there's some some games that just won't work, uh, which I'm okay with. Uh, you know, if I can't play everything, that's that's okay. I'm already see, kind of stealing. See, I'm the opposite. <laughs> where like, which is why again, I can't be a PC gamer because if one game doesn't work, I'll be like, "Fuck this! This thing's a waste of life." Like, oh, and that, no, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not like that at all. I'm trying not to be uh, like that so much. Never I've worked. never had any issues with PlayStation games not working. I had one. I think I had um, Legend of Dragoon didn't work on my PC real well. Huh. Weird. I use EPSX or something. Yeah, install my Ouya. That one's an Android um, one I was using too, so it's got to be the same one, I think. Yeah, and because the Ouya is an Android device, it's very. I, I just I just have a flash drive with a bunch of games in the back. It plugs right in the back, USB, no problem. Uh, and that's what I did offshore, and that's what got me into emulating, and that's what actually got me to trying out new games. And expanding my collection, and I would actually go and physically buy it. Like if I played a game offshore, uh, and I loved it, and it was on the virtual console, hell yeah, I want to play 
say this X Super Nintendo game on the Wii U Virtual Console. Mm-hmm. Like there it is. Earthbound's a good example of that. Yeah, <laughs> Earthbound's like the first thing I emulated when I had Nuya, actually. Yeah, so that's my that's that's really the only emulation device I I use, truly. Um, I have things installed on my Android tablet. Uh, I can hook up my I can Bluetooth the PS3 controller to it, but I if I'm gonna play a game portably, I the way I usually end up doing is I play a portable game. I'll bust out a Game Boy or a PSP or something. Yeah. The thing is, like, so. I I can't go back to handheld systems that didn't have a sleep function. Because I don't know how I did that. <laughs> like, how did we play on a normal Game Boy back in the day? It's just like, you can't save or shut it off right here. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm going to lose all my progress. Like, I don't know how we ever lived in that world now. Well, the game was good enough that you would do it again. <laughs> I Yeah, I guess when you're a kid and it's nice to be like, all right, we're going down the street to Home Depot. Bring your, your Batman on your Game Boy. It's like, ah, okay, and then you shut it off. You get to start over. I'm like, what was I doing? Like, I can't do that anymore. I'm an adult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're kind of more more on the go and you can't really that's why safe states are wonderful when you get older like i can't restart earthworm gym i've been working at this for like 45 minutes i'm not restarting save state motherfucker <laughs> i'm an adult oh boy well you better find that warp on level one then <laughs> there's a warp in earthworm gym yeah we discussed that man i don't remember this <laughs> i just bought the hd version on ps3 and need to find it yeah, uh, top left of level one, you'll find a warp. So that also, uh, not to go into a side thing, digital re-release, I also count like HD ports if they're good. Like Earthworm Jim HD. Like, Crash Bandicoot? Uh, that, <laughs> that's like a whole remaster. Like that gets all different. Kind of the same. I'd rather play those anyway. But, like Earthworm Jim HD is literally the first game with like pretty. Hmm. Yeah, so like that I count as like I own Earthworm Jim. But that's me. So ultimately, uh, if if you want to emulate games, you're going to do it. If you, if uh, you, I don't know. If you think you're morally superior just because you don't emulate, I don't agree with that at all. Well, Nintendo emulates. That's how Virtual Console works. Yeah, they they emulate their own stuff. Uh, they have all the files. They can they can sell it. I know there's. We all know that there's the capability of expanding the, uh, um, what's the word? The uh, community yeah. little thing to tie it into other consoles. Yeah, the Miiverse. You know that. Yeah, you, you know the uh, the capabilities there. Yeah. If PlayStation if PlayStation can do it, Nintendo can do it. They just choose not to. Here's one thing that's real shitty about Nintendo is that don't lie to me and tell me that the new 3DS is the only one that can handle Super Nintendo games. That shit can run Ocarina of Time. Don't tell me it's not strong enough to run <laughs> Super Nintendo games. They're like, no, you need the extra processor. And like people always come to bed like, well, to emulate, you need a certain amount of specs. I'm like, bullshit, this thing runs Ocarina of Time. Like, I don't need your speech. <laughs> like, I, I hate that about them. Like, they try to, like talk down to people that like don't know how emulation works They're like that makes sense i needed to buy a 200 hundred dollar thing to play super metroid I'm like your phone can run super metroid don't be stupid like <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm wondering when that when that gamecube 
Virtual Console is going to come out because there's a there are definitely a couple games I'm immediately going to buy and Smash Melee comes to mind because that would be my new Smash for the Switch. Yeah, I would. Because that's a hundred plus dollar game on on the GameCube if you want to get it. That's way too much money. Mario Kart Double Dash, I would get that as well. But anyways, uh, did you emulate any games for the podcast games that we're going to all discuss? All of them. Well, uh, yeah, pretty much all, actually. I did two of them. I had to. I couldn't find these. They're too expensive. Mm. Most of them. We'll get there. Well, I had to, I, I, I bought a couple for the podcast because I knew I was going to like them. And then a couple I wasn't sure, so I did the emulator and uh, I'm gonna buy them anyways so this was actually a really good uh good slew of games i feel so is this our sneaky transition this is the transition nice yeah nice indeed so second sequels here we go so let me just write this down topic 104 excellent so we're just gonna go in order of us picking the games mm-hmm. uh so we'll go my two then josh's two and then we'll finish out with your two since they're a bit more famous. Yeah, I am? <laughs> well. What's the, what's that count the, game, the games are. Oh, I yeah. thought you meant me. I was like, I am. Yeah. I'm a big deal. So our first our, our first game we're going we're gonna to talk about is my, my first pick, and it was Siphon Filter 3 on the Sony PlayStation. Yeah. And due to the fact that these are the third games in the series, they came out much later, such as this one came out. In 2001, in November, so it barely, uh... <laughs> it barely counts as a qualified. PS1 game. <laughs> uh, published by Sony Computer Entertainment, as you do. Mm-hmm. Developed by SCE Bend Studio. Uh, yes, exactly. Oh, wait, indeed. I know, those guys made Uncharted Golden Abyss. Did they now? Yeah, I remember that now. Uh, well, they made all the Siphon Filter games. Oh, all right then. They made Resistance Retribution on the PlayStation Portable. Mm-hmm. And yes, you're right. Uncharted Golden Abyss on the Vita. Yeah. And they're actually the ones making Days Gone, the, the, the crazy zombie game that's coming out. I thought that was an indie game. Well, it's being developed by these guys. Oh, maybe they can send the Days to Die. Never mind. They all send the same. So, yeah. Uh, this was a game I already owned. Uh, but I hadn't really dived into it because my first Siphon Filter experience was actually Omega Strain on the PlayStation 2, uh, which was kind of the killer for the Siphon Filter series, honestly, but I still enjoyed it. It's a third-person action game where you're the main character, Gabriel Logan. Such a bro name. Oh. Oh, is this guy bro or what? Yeah, he is. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) <laughs> Gabriel Brogan, if you will. Yeah, Gabriel Brogan. <laughs> uh, fun fact, it's the first... No, it's the last first-party non-sports game released on the Sony PlayStation. What a, what a specific thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, sports games are usually the last thing to come out on a console, and this was the last one that wasn't a sports game. It... And you get a lot of your shovelware kind of games as well, but... Yeah, Just Dance 2001. Right. I wish. Uh, Shit, they're still making Just Dance games for the Wii U. Don't remind me. They're making it for the Wii as well. 
the normal week. <sighs> yeah. Well, anyways, uh, our story starts out, and this is a spy game. Uh, kind of a James Bondy type type of thing, or uh, even better, a James Bourne kind of game. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, it's more, it reminds me more of Bourne than uh, James Bond. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Uh, Gabriel Brogan here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tailing off after the second game, uh, which I can't really remember what it was about, but shit went down, and now the uh, Secretary of State, uh, his name's Vince Haddon, wants to basically pin uh, what went wrong at the end of the second game on Logan and the Brogan. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's going to keep happening. And the agency he represents, and... Uh, it just wants to get you know all the th- all the things pinned on on Brogan here, and um, but it kind of ignores that after a cut after that cutscene and goes immediately into uh, this Chinese um, uh, resistance army or a rebel army rebel army. I thought it was a triad rebel. from what I got. I mean, no, it was it was more like a rebel organization that wants to uh, cause mischief and terrorism and. Just and uh, steal kids' and lunch Gab- money. <laughs> <laughs> and Gabriel here is given uh, the mission to assassinate basically all the main guys of this organization. Uh, and he has a sniper in the hotel room across, and you're in this third-person view of sniping all the dudes in the hotel room across. And it's fucking hard. Which is like a really bad way to open a game, by the way. Especially, I kind of, I kind of li- liked it because it goes well. It, Okay, it's a bad way to tell the story and then jump into this. Because you're like, well, what about the court case? <laughs> Is Logan going to be arrested? Well, not that. Maybe back <laughs> in the day, like, this was fine. But, like, to, like it's such a, a weird way to start a game, like, from the PS1 era with, like, kind of awkward controls to, like, just go right into a sniping thing. And then, like, when you get... Oh, uh, we'll definitely get into the controls. Yeah, here. when you get seen, it was like, what do I do? I'm getting shot at. Like, I'm out of sniper bullets. I didn't know how to handle myself. <laughs> so you're immediate you're immediately given this mission and you have to go up to the hotel room get the sniper rifle from the bathtub as you do and snipe the guys and it doesn't tell you at all what the controls are so it's just it's old school just pick up play figure it out uh you'll die a bunch for sure <laughs> I, I um, did die. the 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 little lady in your in your head is like hey maybe you should take the guy out on the roof first he'll cause some issues so it's kind it, it kind of hints at you of how immediately take guys out in an order to protect yourself and there's certain things on the screen happening where you have a danger meter and when the danger meter fills up that's when you start getting hit with bullets so I thought it was kind of funny where until the danger meter f- fills up, it's like stormtroopers firing at you. They're just bullets going everywhere around you, but they're not hitting you. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of, I was like, so am I, am I invincible? I'm not invincible. Like, But if you get hit by like two bullets, you're dead. <laughs> so yeah, it, that, that's the thing. It's like a kind of fair trade-off. It's just the, the concept of it is weird. So now we can get into the controls. They, they, they're weird. They're not bad. They're just weird. I would I would agree with that statement because uh, I've already played it for the YouTube channel. Right. With my friend coming over, and I go, "Here you go. Try and beat level one." Which oh, by the way, the controls out. are weird. <laughs> See, you you think that's bad? I played this on the Vita. 
Oh, no. <laughs> if you've ever used a Vita, you know the back touchpad. Those are your L2 and R2 buttons, right? Yeah. They don't work that well. On... No, they don't. So, like, trying to strafe in this game on the Vita, and I have a case on mine, so, like, I have to, like, put my fingers under some spot and, like, rub the clit a certain way before it gets, like, moist and wants me to do what I want it to do. And then, well, and then the when I go play Siphon Filter, I do the same move. The right analog stick also functions as the strafe, so you don't have to use L2 and R2. Which is almost worse. Oh, like, it's, I don't know. Because, yeah, because the character kind of doesn't, he doesn't exactly go left and right no, he goes if you like use an, the right analog he goes stick. He like an angle. Yeah, it was, it was kind of weird. I, I found myself not strafing too much, honestly. But, like, it's almost a necessity in, like, third person and first person games. Mmm... For me, I played Doom with the strafe button a lot. Well, yeah. Uh, well, what what? Uh, so after you after you get a handle on the controls, for I think it was triangle was to actually shoot. No, triangle was the action button. Mm-hmm. Circle was to activate the sniping part, and square was to shoot. So the control scheme mapping was what was weird. Not actually the execution of the button or of the of the buttons right it was just where they were located so it was kind of odd and that's what took so long to get used to it wasn't that it wasn't that the game was hard in in the fact that it was shit controls it was just weird awkward it was before we really standardized shooter controls though like right so going back and yeah going back and playing the game is what made it odd i think playing it when it came out it was just okay these are the controls no big deal so not bad overall, you'd say? Uh, yeah, once you got used to it, the controls weren't bad at all. Nice. I'd recommend it. Um, the So once you pass the, the sniping mission, this is where you get into kind of the, bear, the, uh, the majority of the game, which is you're going down hallways shooting bad guys, and you're given a mission to either escape the area, save a girl, etc. It kind of goes in that, in that vein of what the game is, and that's more of the Jason Bourne style stuff. And fuck is that is this is this is even harder than the siphon section. <laughs> you die a lot. Like try beating level one in under twenty deaths. <laughs> yeah, well like the sniping part killed me enough, let alone like be even past that. I know what to do. I ran out of bullets. But then <laughs> you wanna know what saved me? Go ahead, ask me. What the fucking call? taser, which has an unlimited range and lights people it's... on fire. Oh, it's amazing. I tried to beat level one only using the ti- the taser. It should be the only <laughs> weapon in the game. This laser can somehow reach across the city street and light people on fire. And then retract. Oh my god, somehow. it can do that? Yeah, if you just hold it down. It, it, like, people just burn. They burst into flames. Oh, I didn't know you could do the sniping section with the taser. It's real. It's real awkward, but you can do it. <laughs> That's amazing. That's cool. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta play level one again and try it's, that. It's cool, man. <laughs> so, for those that don't know, you're 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 given a handgun, a sniper, and a taser, and the taser looks like just a brick in your hand, and it's pretty funny. But uh, what happens is, when, the longer you hold the hold it down, the the uh, the tethers of the taser will extend. Until it hits the enemy, but if you if they move, you'll miss them, and it'll have to tether back to the character. But what's great about it is the longer you hold it down, 
while the taser's on a an enemy, he'll shake like he's having a uh, a frame seizure, <laughs> and then he'll eventually catch on fire it's, and burn to death. It's it's right, quite hor- horrible. It's lit. <laughs> yes, in this case, it's actually lit. But what's funny is I've actually died because if you don't wait until the character's flames uh, burn out, you can actually burn Brogan here. Wait, you <laughs> and can? he'll die. <laughs> I didn't know that, yes. actually. Yeah, if you run right over the flaming corpse, you will then catch on fire yourself and die. That's awesome. <laughs> so, basically what we're saying is Taser's great. And uh, shotgun guys, eventually you'll come across, they're hor- they're horrible. Um, one aspect about the game as you're, as you're going through running down the hallways and stairwells and whatnot is you can go into this pseudo first-person view, mm-hmm. and the reti- there's, a, there's a target reticle that'll come up, and it will auto-lock onto a character's head. And it'll even say headshot. I, I like that it gets one, you ready. And you'll one-shot... And it one-shot kills guys, and that's really cool. You can just strafe and spray, uh, but it, it's not a, it, you know, it won't seem as cool. <laughs> I don't know. That's the way I felt as I was playing it. So what was your, what was some of your experiences playing level one, Kevin? What, what, was it difficult? Was it hard? What did you think of the death, mission? Death, 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 <laughs> death, 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 hey, I did it, and I died again. It game's hard. I, I, if I played it on, um... Well, I guess I could have played on PS3 as opposed to my PS Vita. Um, right. But I didn't really have a whole lot of time, so I took it with me on the go. If I t- played on PS3, I probably would have done a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of goes with all PS1 games. Just don't play them on Vita because like, the touchscreen in the back kind of sucks. And you need that for most games. Yeah, you so. kind of have to... Yeah, if you have the option of remapping the controls, I would definitely recommend it. Yeah. Um, if I gave it another shot, I'd probably recommend it higher but don't play it on vita it's the only thing i can tell you yeah. oh and i can't imagine it on the psp oh, that'd be rough well i mean you would be you would be restricted to the right analytic for strafing oh no which isn't the worst thing in the world but yeah he does go on that weird diagonal that'd be weird uh the best thing probably besides the taser kills is uh the fact that there are checkpoints very spaced out checkpoints though uh, I I don't know. It gave, it gave it a good challenge, that's for sure. Yeah. And it didn't it didn't feel unfair. I guess that's I could see that. I I kind of wish they were a little more frequent, but that's me being spoiled with like modern games. Well, let's take level one for example. Uh, you exit the hotel room. That's a checkpoint right after you beat the sniping mission. Mm-hmm. And until you get to the bottom of the stairs. That's your mission, is just to get to the bottom of the stairs. So it's go down the one hallway, kill the dudes, get down to the bottom of the stairs, and you're done. It's not that long, but the amount of enemies you have to kill are very are a lot. And again, you die in like two hits from bullets. <laughs> Headshot. So it kind of it kind of makes you memorize where a lot of the enemies come from. So it's kind of like an old NES game in that regard. Yeah, and I can really appreciate that. And a lot of the other Siphon Filtry games, uh, I hear, are, are like that as well. I ho- what I want to do now is go back and play the first one, then the second one, and see the progression of the controls. So I'm wondering if the checkpoint system was new to this third game. I want to say it's, it is, 
from my older brother playing the first two, but I can't remember honestly. I I don't feel like there were checkpoints in the old ones. Yeah, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised with Siphon Filter myself. Uh, I definitely recommend it. Stamp of approval, especially as yeah, stamp yeah, uh, Red Leaf Retrocast stamp of approval here. Um, agreed, Kevin. Yeah, boy. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait to get more of the more of the more of the games. I want to get the first two because now I have three and four, and the the series is pretty much uh, gone. I think the last one was cool. the uh, Logan Shadow on PSP. Oh yeah, that did come out. Yeah, I don't. I'm not interested in that one. All right then, <laughs> never mind. Yeah, I, I'm more interested in in going back to the roots. Uh, one and two here. Uh, the the game was definitely good, and wanting me to do that. Why don't we, uh, let's hit up our next one on the list before we delve into yeah. Brogan's hair a little more. Oh, man. Gabriel Brogan. He's, uh, <laughs> he's, a hand- he's funny. He's a handsome man. So going from Jason Bourne-style stuff, we're going to Austin Powers-type stuff. Cool. A different kind of spy work here. And that's Gex 3, Deep Cover Gecko. Mm. And this came out on the PlayStation and Nintendo 64 in 1999. Oh, yeah. It came out on and there's even a Game Boy Color release as well but we won't talk about that one those don't exist uh i I don't know anything about that one i can't imagine it's any good (laughs) it's probably not that great let's put it that way no uh this one actually incorporated a save system and uh, while the first two games had the password so it's very like crash bandicooty in that sense uh but you're you're this gecko, and it's it's uh, Austin Powers at its finest. It's it cracks sex jokes can't constantly. It it uh hints at interspecies bestiality type stuff immediately. It's on the cover of the game. Yeah, it's yeah. You have God. What was the what was Agent Extra? So Gex realizes that his lover, this hot '80s looking chick, Agent Extra, who's in a, a hot black latex or spandex onesie with big boobs has been <laughs> uh, the most tactical of, of combat gear you can wear right by the way. Ex- extra boobage yeah. is what friend and i were calling her agent extra boobage uh she's she's uh been kidnapped by some i guess terrorist organization or whatever and uh she's in contact with gex and like gex come save me and the game immediately hits the comedy right away and you go into worlds much like banjo kazooie if you're familiar with that where it's a collect collectathon of certain uh items and then it has you could tell it's immediately influenced by super mario 64 in which you go to these worlds and you have different tasks in each of the world and and the worlds are much different from each other such as uh, a winter level lava level whatever you want to call it it's very very standardized in that sense um and it's developed in public. It's developed by Crystal Dynamics and published by Eidos, which is the Tomb Raider remaster people. So, it's it's got a solid team behind it. Everything about this looks like every rare uh, platformer on N sixty four. Yes, yes, it does. And this is obviously PlayStation's answer to that competition. But it was also on the N64, so who's... I think the first two were only on PlayStation, if I'm not mistaken. It, I don't remember, actually. No, the first one was on everything. Uh, that was a 3DO game, actually. Yeah, that, it was on PS1 as well. 
And it was on the Sega Saturn. And, it was on the Saturn. Um, what about Gex 2? I'm not... Well, anyways, let's talk about Gex 3. Yeah. Uh, I overall quite enjoyed this game. I thought it was very funny. Uh, he, he spouts stupid one-liners all the time, like movie references and... <laughs> really outdated movie references, by the way, now. Oh, God, it's it's great. <laughs> oh, man. What did, what, what, what did you think, Kevin, of, of the game itself? Not that I didn't like it, but it wasn't unique enough for me to, like, care. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. I actually... I played... What's the one? Okay, so I get this one mixed up with the other Gex game where he's in a suit on the cover. Okay. I think it's... No, this isn't Deep Cover Gecko. What's the other one? I keep getting their names mixed up. Um, but I always get it mixed up with that one. And they're so similar, it's just like... I, I played like a world or two of this, and I was like, yeah, I get it. Not that... Yeah, the second one's Enter the Gecko. Enter the Gecko. See, that's the one I, I'm more familiar with. Yeah, that's that's the more uh, popular one. I, I get the feeling. Um, yeah, it's... Like, yeah. this game's fine, but... You know, if you played one, like, 2D, like, 90s platform, you kind of played them all. More or less. I think the cork about this one was was the uh, Austin Powers-esque humor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was fine. Like, again, there's nothing... I went to go check Enter the Gecko, side note, and for some reason they won't let me play this on my Vita, and that's annoying. Anyway, it, huh. it's fine. It's just... Uh, it, it's very reminiscent of, like... The world themes kind of remind me of, like, Jack and Daxter, almost. And I, okay, and I yeah. just played that. Like, even the HUD <laughs> and everything. So, maybe I just wasn't in the right mindset up for it right now. Um, but I would go back to this and get more into it. I just kind of, like, I got it. I don't know. I, I got my fill of it within a, a level or two. Yeah, we, we, like, almost immediately you know exactly what you're getting into. Um which I actually think is a is a good positive mm-hmm. note for the game. But it's um, fine. I just the story of Gex is what really gets me. Oh yeah, it's it's so ridiculous and stupid. It's, stupidly, <laughs> it's like super depressing too. It's like Gex is depressed and his dad left him with TV. It's like yeah, and ever since then they've just lost their way. <laughs> well, uh, one one thing uh, that wasn't in the previous games is addition of different vehicles. So, like, in the first level, you get a snowboard. Mm-hmm. And uh, gravity doesn't matter because you can go up the hill with your snowboard. <laughs> so you don't miss, you don't have, like, one chance uh, aspects of just getting uh, certain items. And, and um, yeah, that's that's pretty funny. There, there's different, a whole bunch of different vehicles in the game. They're stupid. There's even an anime level in this game. Because, Where you're fighting, yeah. like, mech robots. <laughs> because, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a but there's I think there's 13 different levels. Um, so so the game has a lot of variety to it. It it never it never felt old to me. It was pretty it was pretty fun. Uh, you you ha- you have certain collect em ups, uh, bugs. Um, you got to earn remotes for each d- accomplishing different levels. Uh, Gex has a weird weird ass jump. To be honest, yep. I, I'm not a fan of his jump. It's it's almost like gravity doesn't matter until he's falling down, and then it's like he's a, like he weighs two tons. So he goes up really quick and then down really quick. As how real life works, you know, gravity, everything falls no matter what, same speed unless you're dead. Well, 
I kept thinking about the way Crash and Mario jump, where it seems it's it's not floaty, but it's it does have a sense of gravity to it. While while Gex here jumps way too fast, and for a lot of elements in the game that require some platforming and precise platforming, he jumps too fast for you to to make it accurately. And that was a big drawback for the from the game. I can... And he does have a tail attack too. <laughs> the one thing I do really wish is that this has, like, the same Rayman problem where, like, I kind of wish they just kept this, like, a 2D platformer like the first Gex was. I felt like, mm. I don't know, I felt like it would have been better that way. Because now it just feels like everyone is going to 3D train, so they just did it. You know? Yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah I, I don't know. I definitely didn't have a problem with the 3D aspect of this game. It was the jumping itself. Uh, that, to me, that's what kept it from being totally uh, me being totally in love with the game so you'd recommend it or no i would recommend gex as a series i'm i'm definitely gonna play the first one Mm -hmm. uh to see the progression i'm not i definitely want this game i I, this was one of the few i had to emulate yeah and it's and it's affordable too, so I'll definitely be getting the series. I wanna I wanna play the first one on the Saturn, for sure. I've heard it runs better. I've heard the best version is a 3DO. Believe it or not. Uh, yeah. When it when a game did come out on the 3DO, I do read a lot of the times that the 3DO version uh, does run superior. But I don't have a 3DO. I have a Saturn, and I want more Saturn games. How dare you? You're not a real retro gamer if you don't own a 3DO and a Jaguar. Yeah, I don't think I want a 3DO, Kevin. Well, you know, that's because you have a brain. But, I mean, but that that just means that there's one more game to add possibly to the list of why, if you do want a 3DO, this Gex, the first one, might be one of them. No, I'm good, though. And then you and then you can continue the series. Nope, got on PS1. Gex 3 here. Uh, got on PS1, I'm good. What was what was your what was your favorite and and least favorite thing about Gex 3 here? Deep cover Gecko. So, like, you know how I said it kind of feels the, the samey? Yeah. And you knew what to do. Like, I agree with you. Like, knowing that, the, like, it was almost a comfort food kind of game. Like, I knew what I was getting into. Like, I like that part about it. Like, if I, like all the environments. Actually, this is, like, the one time I like the snow level in the game, too. Which is weird. Mm-hmm. Normally, it's, like, slippery and I can't stand it. But I, I don't know. I like the layout of this one. The only thing I hate about it is just, like, it's it's more of how it aged. Like, those the references it tries to do. Like, I kind of was just like, yeah, uh, you know. Yeah, I, was like, I guess if you don't get the references, I got the them. It was just like flies right over your head yeah. and you don't like it. No, I got it. It was just like, it was almost like pandery. Kind of. <laughs> well, I think that was kind of the point. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I was more focused on the <laughs> gameplay. <laughs> Gex, is, oh, Gex is cool. <clears throat> Gex is cool. That's for sure. I just, I, I needed to play it at a different time is all. Oh, and unsurprisingly enough, he gets the girl in the end. Oh, spoilers, I didn't beat it. You're telling me the big-breasted woman on the cover of this game that he's posing next to in his stance of victory is the girl he ends up with? (laughs) Yes. This Uh, is bullshit. Game ruined. Yeah, and they have have female gecko sex. (laughs) Uh, Bestiality sex. This is Sonic 06 before Sonic 06 happened, actually. You know, my friend made the exact same joke. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) You made the exact same joke playing the game. He's like, this is where Sega was looking. 
They walked like, in. The, so this is what Sega wanted. <laughs> the, so here's how this happened. There was one guy sitting in the who made this Eidos office. And he's sitting there watching like fanfic of Sonic and uh, what's her name going at it, or Gex and this oh, lady, man. and they were making Sonic 06. They're like, "Hey, you got an idea?" He's like, "Oh uh, yeah." Uh, what are you watching over there, Jim? Have an idea. Nothing. I was just, uh, I was getting inspiration for our, our new Sonic game. You see this gecko and lady doing it? I got an idea. And that's how Jim did get fired. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, yeah, another another pretty good game. Oh, and the snowboarding was a good cool. start. Forgot to mention that. Yeah, the snowboarding one was part. Yeah, yeah. You you didn't get the uh, the jetpack or the uh, no. get to the tank or anything. No. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's it's all pretty good. Soon. <laughs> so, our next game is one of Josh's picks. God, I'm so sad he's not here today. But life, whatever. Yeah. Uh, is is one of his games, and I'd never heard of this series at all until playing this game. And it's Adventures of Lolo Three. On the Nintendo Entertainment Console Good. or system, I had to emulate this because it's expensive. I did as well. Mm-hmm. This was the other one I emulated. So, hooray! <laughs> this was published and developed by HAL Laboratory. Sound familiar? It should. It's they, the people that make Kirby. They make. They make that song. The yeah, HAL. That one. Uh, sure. <laughs> you know, Beatles. Uh, I believe how Laboratory also made the Mother series, Earthbound and whatnot. Not mistaken. Oh, no, um, Ape did. I think Ape something, and then they Hal absorbed them. Whatever. No, didn't they make Earthbound? Uh, how Laboratory? I'm not sure. I thought it was Ape. Well, anyways, uh, if I'm mistaken, let me know. Just hit me up on Twitter or whatever. Uh, so. It's a puzzle-based game. Uh, it's based off of a Japanese arcade series, I guess, called Eggerland. Which is just a series of weird puzzles that you're trying to figure out. And so this is kind of... The the Lolo series, as I was reading, was is a conglomeration of that into making a single story. Uh, and Lolo is this like little ball creature very simple he's just a ball with two eyes and he's got some tennis shoes on and he's got his love interest uh lala and lala is of course uh in the previous games apparently you had the saver but in this one the third one now you get to you have the option of being her <laughs> but, i mean and what happened it's got a little story to it what happened is uh the great king of egger great king of eggerland uh it, a lot of them are turning into stone or something. A lot of the people are turned into stone. You have to um, uh, free them, and that you basically do that just by just by beating levels. Puzzle game. Yeah, puzzle game. It's okay. I, I honestly puzzle I, game I, with a story. I had no idea what I was doing in this game the whole time. No. Nope. It's just like it doesn't explain. This is one of those games where like the manual is actually kind of necessary. It feels like. Yes. Yes. I had. I did have to look at. Because I was sick of dying a lot. You, oh, and you die fast. You die quick and fast yeah. if you don't know like what each enemy does. So it's kind of like trial and error of, of learning what each enemy does and doesn't do, or what they what you're capable of as Lolo or Lala. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like <clears throat> the, see, I'm not I'm not against using guides in a game, but 
if there's no like real combat or anything, like and your your whole game is a puzzle, I, obviously using a guide would take all the fun out of it. But I had no idea what I was doing in this game, so like I needed a mm. guide. But then I was using a guide, and then I was like, well, now I know the answer, and there's nothing else to this game but the puzzles. So like, I feel like I need the actual instructions to be like, this does this, and it doesn't give me the answers though, you know? Yeah. So so. The interesting aspects about this puzzle game is you you're, you have a top-down view of essentially a board, arcade board. Let's call it that. And the objective is to collect all the hearts on the screen, which will unlock a treasure chest that has a key. And when you get the key, all the enemies on the screen die, and then you can go through the door to the next level. You know, in a lot of ways, this reminded me of, of uh, Parasol Stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the the Bub and Bobby game series Bubble and Bobble or Bub and Bob yeah Bub and Bob um, so this was this game was right up my alley so I'm I'm a big fan of games like this and to for for me to have never heard of the Lolo series before I'm very disappointed in myself as a as a gamer why you didn't like because you messed up I loved this I loved this game. I have to have it now, and I have to have all of them. <laughs> Good luck. I've no, I've only um, seen Lolo one, and I know Lolo three is expensive. I don't know where two lies in that whole thing. Yeah, we'll we'll find out. I I, I think they range from like twenty to sixty bucks. Mm, nah, I'm good. I think Lolo three is closer to the eighties though. But anyways, so what you have is you're only weapons are is this one little shot that you can shoot certain enemies and then you more or less use them to block other enemies whether it's in or uh there are medusa stoneheads that if you cross their line of sight you get turned to stone and you die uh there are checkpoint levels like every five levels or so or whatever it may be you have a bonus you have a bot a quote boss level and once you beat that boss level, uh, if you lose all your lives, you'll just start back at that point, which I found really cool. Because then what that gets you to do is you end up perfecting the boards until you beat that boss. And then you kind of go through the motion again. So the game felt fresh every time that I was doing it. I didn't mind that I was dying a lot because I didn't feel I felt like the punishment was fair. No, the game's fair once you know what you're doing. It's just yeah, it did take a it did take a while to learn. It's just I don't know. I didn't have the patience for it. Again, been busy, so <laughs> I could have sat and learned this game, but my mind is just like I have things I want to play. I can't be having my mind break right now. Right. Well, I mean, the the third game is very much like the first two, apparently, and it just it just added, I think, a couple new uh, new enemies. And um, just to experience more of the more of a story, I guess. Yeah. You know, just see what's happening. So I think Lolo, I'm... if it was released today, the three games would have just been like DLC. Honestly. Hmm. Nah. I'd like to, I'd like to see I'd like to see a uh, a remake of this game with um, kind of a because it could easily be a what you know what Mario sixty four kind of progressed into where you're collecting hearts on a 3d plane or a 3d level right. and enemies are attacking you and they're doing horrible horrible things to you because they're 
the 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 one I had the most trouble with at the beginning was definitely the stone creatures that like run into you and they make and they make you stuck in like a bush corner. <laughs> it's like, well, now fuck, I have to literally press a button to kill the character on the screen and start over. <laughs> it's and, it, and they look like swamp uh, swamps th- thwomps from Mario. They look like swamps. They're all the Everglades. <laughs> I'm I'm really happy with with uh, Adventures of Lolo three, even more so than than uh, Siphon Filter three. And I and I have to play the others. It was it, it impacted me that well. I loved the shit out of this. So I, I'm this is called the financially unresponsible episode. I need yeah, all of them now. Yeah, I need all of them. Yeah, I mean that's a good sign though that these games have done something right. <laughs> yeah, I I mean. Or it could be the third one was finally the one they got right in the first two were like, oh, why'd I do this? Uh-huh. Who knows? I'll, I'd try Lolo 1, maybe if I had an instruction manual or something. But for me, Lo- I would, Lolo 3 is a pass for now. Mm, I would I would definitely give it another try if you got more time. Yeah, I need to like sit down. I'd like live stream and be like, JD, what do I do next? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like talking shit to you. Oh, what do you do next, try, Kevin? Push it right, but if I push it right, it's going to kill me. Push it right. Trust me. Ha <laughs> nerd. You died. <laughs> That's how that would go. Ah, you didn't see the Medusa at the top of the screen. You suck. Fucking nerd. <laughs> oh, man. Ah, oh, the, the, the skulls were the most annoying, though. Because once you get us, once you get certain items or, or hearts, uh, the skulls just freak out and they'll just immediately kill you. Because <laughs> they just randomly jump around along the screen. The, the 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 enemies were very memorable because you you would really have to memorize who they were and what they did. This thing kills me left. This thing kills me right. This thing kills me from all the directions. This thing kills me on the inside. Oh, uh, that's just yeah. my self esteem. Yeah, I mean, I found myself just like staring at a board for a good five minutes, being like, okay, so if I move there, then that can happen. If I shoot this guy and move him there, I have a limited amount of time before he goes out of his egg form. So that'll happen. Uh, why doesn't that enemy turn to stone? That's bullshit. He should. He should die. <laughs> it's just things like that. It was. It was good. I, after a certain amount of time, it's definitely not a not a binge type of game where you can play like ten straight hours. No, because your mind does take your mind does take a take a toll. That's for sure. So yeah, I don't got the mental capacity for this. Yeah, for 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 a puzzle game, I think it's a must have if you're a puzzle game fan. Absolutely. Overall good then? Oh yeah, fantastic. Take JD's recommendation, I'll get the, ne- the brain capacity for this one, guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to I'll have to ask Josh uh, what what he thought of it. But speaking of Josh, let's go to his second pick. What do you th- what do you think? I mean, I guess cuz I don't know what I didn't say about it. Yeah, this one's going to be a little bit tougher to talk about. Um I, didn't... I tried I tried to do my best to talk him out of picking it, but it was better than his other choices, to be honest. I didn't, and that is Suicoden 3. This, this one, I, I just didn't have the time investment for it, man. Oh, man. It's a big, big ol' RPG. I played for three fucking hours, and I still feel like I didn't play enough. Is that like like you want to play more, or like three enough hours, and you didn't understand what was going on? No, I mean, Suicoden 3's fine. It's just like the other Suicoden games. I have I have uh, the first two. Are they connected in any way, or like do they all stand in their own like Final Fantasy? 
Uh, they're they're more or less kind of like Final Fantasy in that okay. sense. They 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 more or less stay because I always uh, wanted to play each other. I wanted to play number two since it got put on PSN. But I was like, do I have to do the first one? Mm, no, you can you can jump into any of them. Um, nice. So Sweet Golden Three is 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 your anime art style RPG, uh, developed and published by Konami. Konami. <laughs> Konami. Uh, it uses the renderware engine. I don't really know. I, I a lot of PS2 RPGs used it. If I'm not mistaken, engine. Uh, it's it's a British one. Um, Never even heard of it. Yeah, the the PS3 Xbox ones use. It. I mean, it was one of the most utilized engines of the time Ooh. for sure. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. Yeah, it, I don't know. I didn't get too far in the game to know what was going on. Honestly. It, I mean, until the Unreal Engine started taking over, this was one of the most used hmm. ones, if I'm not mistaken. So, that's fair. Uh, yeah, huh. it's a, it's a, it's a it's a very long RPG. Uh, it had a manga adaptation in 2004. The game came out in July of 2002. So, almost to the start. It literally passed our point of a game being at least 15 years old. In the middle of the pot, uh, between podcast episodes, he planned that so hard. So he definitely wanted to, to play the shit out of this game. So he wanted us to play in here. Where are you at, Josh? Yeah, he he made he made us dive into a crazy world building, detailed game, and he's not even here to to talk about it. This is another so, on the list of like, I if I had more time, I can tell you more about it. But oh my god, I like I said, three hours isn't enough to even. I, I just dive into the 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 main parts of the game. I didn't I didn't have a time commitment to even get this started. I like started up. I was like, "Oh, I'll come back to this," and then life happened, and I just didn't get to. Yeah. Well, I essentially so what you can do is you uh, you have a, a nice musical cutscene to start off, really gets you uh, hyped up for the world, and um, so oh man, I think the best way i can i can do the game justice uh mechanically is to honestly read the manual are we having are we having a story time so the game uses the trinity site system the what it's called the trinity site system so what you do is you have three characters to choose from and you choose each character and you play their story but each of the three stories are in the same timeline. So you see different viewpoints of the three characters. You have Hugo, who's a member of the Karaya clan. So he's kind of a peasant in the farms. Mm -hmm. You have Chris Lightfellow, who's a knight for the nation of Zexen, who, you know, a high noble type person. And then you have Ghetto, member of the Harmonian Southern Frontier Defense Force. So that's he's a guard of a huge nation. Uh, so you, you get you get to choose these three characters. And what you can do is actually each after each chapter you can either continue with said character or you can then choose to play chapter one of the other character, which I thought was really cool because then you can go about the story in your own way. So I found myself I, I played the first three chapters of each character. That's what I ended up doing. And it, took, and it took a while. There's a lot, a lot of dialogue. It reminded me a lot of the Tales, the Tales of series, honestly. 
The um, the tail series. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. I guess. I mean the the art style's pretty similar. Uh, I'm not saying the gameplay's similar at all. Oh, That's I was just, sounds... I was gonna say because like the gameplay's kind of super different. Yeah, the Sweet Coden series has a very different uh, gameplay system. Um, for example, this one uses some kind of pairing system, which the the first two didn't do. But you still have your teams of six, so you have three pairs on your team. Uh, and you have a shitload of characters. I know, I know, Sweet Coden's known for that. Yeah, and this too is many. no exception. You you just have a bunch of characters to choose from to be in your party and it's and it's trial and error i wonder if konami honestly. has like the time to program all these guys <laughs> yeah i don't know uh this one has no time limits for character recruitment which that was definitely a thing in the second game <laughs> so i was actually happy to see that not be a thing in the third game because then, I think, there was definitely over 100 characters to choose from in Sweet Coden 2. And I read that there's 108 people to choose from in Sweet Coden 3 I don't have, to be on your team of six. Have, That's crazy. I don't got that time to get to know everybody. I'm going to get to know six. No, you, you, you got to have a time commitment to play, some, some, to play any Sweet Coden game. And Sweet Coden 3 is, is definitely no exception to the rule. Don't have that in my life. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, what I didn't was what I really wasn't able to get into is why you choose a character at the beginning that you aren't that character. You choose a fl- what's called the flame champion, and you and you name them your name them yourself. In fact, you name a lot of the characters themselves. They don't have auto. Uh, names for the characters like the first two do. I I do like naming my guys on RPGs, actually. I always name them after rappers. <laughs> That's one of my favorite. Like, DMX. Go for it. Well, the, the other thing that this one does different than the first two is, uh, the first two has a silent protagonist, mm-hmm. which is very present in PlayStation games. Uh, now we're in the PS2. The main character... Uh, all have personalities and dialogue. So that's very different. Uh, what I think also is a good point to this game is the uh, the skill system. The development of the skill system in this game. And the best way I can, I can describe it is it gives... Because there's so many different skills and everything's customizable, you essentially give each character... Its own, their own quirks and personalities to go along with their traits. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. It just... This is like... One of the, I just need to invest like a lot of time into this. I really want to. It's just like I got like I got to play in the middle of a week I was just like, oh no. I can't do this. <laughs> it sounds like you're, no, you I, had fun with it though from what you played. Oh, I, I definitely I definitely had fun with it. I liked I liked fiddling with a lot of the things, but one thing the Sweet Coding games are known for is the fucking time commitment. And holy crap. Do you need it in this? And, I don't guess huh. that. Um 
I, I do I do like the battle system, how the characters on screen actually run up to the enemy and utilize the attack. I mean, at the beginning of the game, some of the, the first enemies you fight are like bunnies, and you have a giant griffin uh, character, and it just shows the griffin running up and stomping the shit out of this bunny enemy. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> cool. Like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> it's kind of cool, though. Yeah. Uh... I was on I was on Reddit and things just like looking up what people thought of Sweet Code Three and the differences and a lot of people didn't like the pairing system that was the biggest uh, down point of the game but I thought it, I thought it was cool enough it's different than the others so I didn't really have an issue with it it reminded me a lot of oh man I want to say Star Ocean with the way the skills interact with certain characters and it causes you to get your own strategy so you don't really you don't really get that in Final Fantasy. No. So, in that sense, Suikoden was very, uh, was very separate. It's a very separate RPG. We haven't had a Suikoden in a while, either. I wonder why. I think Suikoden 5 was the last one. Yeah. Konami doesn't do things anymore, but I would like to see a new one. I don't know. With the way RPGs are going, uh... Because I know Hudson Soft got involved with the Suikoden series at some point. Yeah, Konami owns them. So, I don't know. Well, alright, so of, of what you were able to play, Kevin, because I've been, I've been talking about this game mostly. Because uh, I, I literally got to the intro, dude. That was tell it. Tell me your thoughts. I got to the <laughs> intro. I didn't get far at all. Well, give me your initial impression. It, just, it, it looks fine. The art style is fine. The little of the combat I played, a little complex. But I just, I just knew starting it up, I was like... This looks real good. I need like to put two hundreds of my life or two hundred hours of my life away, and just really get into it. And I really want to try a, a Suikoden. 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 Okay, I never knew how to say it. It's just there is a lot of dialogue though. That kind of, I know it's an RPG thing. I mean, I love RPGs. It was just like, mm-hmm. I just wanted people to shut up. I wanted to play. I wish they had like a, uh, like a talk and fight thing going on like there was conversation during battle to make gameplay go that could have helped it a lot i feel i don't know yeah 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 the 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 dialogue and the battle systems were separate yeah unfortunately yeah i would i would say before you take a dive into sweet code in three it is the first game on the ps2 that came out in the series Mm -hmm. i would say arguably a lot of people argue that this is the best one just because it was... Three? Taking a... Yeah. I heard two is the it, best. I think it, well, two is the best overall game, but I think the updated graphics and it's taking a lot of the, the systems from the first two and making it better. I think that's why a lot of people... Maybe it was four then, I read. I don't know. You know what? I, I don't know. Don't be <laughs> spouting fake news. Yeah, fake game news. Fake game Sweet. news. If you got time... Like, I'm definitely going to go back to Sweet Coden 3 at one point, mm-hmm. but I want to dive further into Sweet Coden 1, because I just bought that this year, and now that I've bought Sweet Coden 3, i got to start getting more into the Sweet Coden. A financially universe. irresponsible episode. Uh, You're always just like, well, I guess I might as well buy them all now. Yeah, I mean, this is a really good episode for, for, for wanting to get money out of my pocket. Hmm. <laughs> So, 
JD I, I can't broke. really I can't really I can speak volumes for the Sweet Code and Siri RPG series as a whole. I don't think I can honestly say what Sweet Code and Three is at this point and how long I've played. But I do like what I've seen so far. I'll definitely be diving into a Suikoden, but I don't know. Don't know. I don't know which one, meaning. I do really like 2. It's a really good game. There's no doubt. It's one of the best RPGs I've ever played, a Suikoden 2. I'll try it. I'm just waiting for one that I really want to try, like, the best. Maybe, so 2, you think, is the first one to start with, then? Uh, I would test out the first one to see if you like the systems and then see where it goes. But Sweet Coden 2 is, at this point, since I've, pl- I've dabbled in all three, I've played the shit out of the second one. Uh, 2 is, again, one of the best RPGs I've ever played. Alright, so I'm going to try 2 and then I'll come back to 3 on a future episode and give you an update. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can kind of update us if you, if you ever uh, go back and play it. So... Those were two Josh's picks. Now we're to your picks, Kevin. Lit. Let's do this. What was first on the chopping block? It's not lit. You suck. Shut your goddamn (laughs) mouth. Oh, this one. Never mind. This one's not as lit. Uh, It was Donkey Kong Country 3 for the Super Nintendo slash Game Boy Advance slash Game Boy-ish, kind of? Yeah, Donkey Kong Kong Land. No, I thought it only came out on the SNES and the GBA. No, they had Donkey Kong Land 3 for GBA. GB, GB, either way. But they had to take a lot out of the game, didn't they? Yeah, well, I, that's why it was like kind of uh, on it. Kind of three? I don't know. Yeah. Dixie Kong's Double Trouble is the full title. So, the way the wonderful Donkey Kong Country series has gone is they, they've either, like, they've taken a character and then threw one out and put a new one in every game. So, from two, you have Diddy and Dixie. And right. from three, you now have Dixie and Worthless. Um,. honestly like this game baby kong yeah whatever this game's fine as like a game it's just like it's just worse like two i don't know i I, like i like this game i played Donkey kong one and two to death but there's just something about three that i i don't love as much and i can't even tell you what it is Uh, one thing i do hate about it is the kind of unnecessary overworld that they put in it, like, two, like, on one and two, you, like, you kind of go over the map and you're like, okay, this is, like, the big area and then the, the sub-levels in it. But three, it took me a while to even get started because, like, you're just plopped into a lake and it's just like, okay, <laughs> um, where do I go? And it, like, took me, like, ten minutes to, like, start the game. I was like, where do I go? Where? Where? And it, mm-hmm. it, there was like they, I get they were trying things, but it was like um, like really unnecessary trying of things. So I don't know. Well, I mean, it's a rare game. It's developed by Rare. It came out in '96, so it was way late on the Super Nintendo release date. Yeah, it was. It was really, but I don't know. They they hit gold with two, and then like it was almost like they should have stopped because it was like, what else can we do? But they didn't. Stop. <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's a real it's a real shame because I love the first two as well. Um, and three isn't bad. I mean, three isn't Donkey bad. Kong three came out a year after the second one. Oh, was that fast? 
Yeah. Oh. So I think I think it just I think it was just pumped out. It felt like it was just pumped out. Just to be DKC three. Because as you said, the the overworld felt very unnecessary. It felt because two had an overworld, but it didn't feel. It felt needed. It 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 looked crisp, while this one was was the 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 viewpoint was way high. You couldn't really get a. It looked like a pixelated mess on the screen. Honestly, that's what I took from it. The levels didn't look as detailed or crisp as the first two. They're kind of bland colors. It's a lot of like green, blue, and brown. It was, yeah. Yeah, because the first two had kind of a, a darker atmosphere to it. Uh, utilized a lot of, uh, it utilized a lot of the different colors of brown, but it also utilized red and, and black. And uh, this one just felt all brown. Yeah, a lot of earthy colors, but like I didn't just want to see those boring colors the whole time. So I don't know. Yeah, because usually with, with sequels, they take, essentially they take a lot of things from the previous two games and add more. This one didn't feel like it even added anything. It looked like it, it, it felt like it took a lot out. And I, the atmosphere was a big part of it. I just, I just never got into it. I didn't like the, I didn't like the new character. He was worthless, as you said. Yup. I never used the uh, baby call. I mean, a lot of the animal... It just it just felt like they were throwing characters in there for the sake of it. Uh, There's some the enemies, The enemies on screen... The enemies on screen didn't weren't really doing it for me. The bees were the only thing I think that returned, really, right? <laughs> like, the, the annoying bees. You're right. Yeah, I don't know. It just... It kind of felt, like, soulless, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, it didn't have that same that same feel. They put out that's for sure. They put it out almost to be like, eh, Donkey Kong Country makes money. Let's do it. Yeah, I just even from the get go, I was like, wow, this is it. Yeah, why why am I in this lake? Why why do I need this? And the even even the how you end the level with with the, the chain flag. Yeah, it's not as fun as like the the thing from two where you land and you get a bonus. It's just like oh. Alright, I did it. I mean, Donkey Kong 1 had that same thing, kind of. It was just like, eh, I'm here. It was also the first one, though. It almost like, it, you almost feel like that gets a pass. But in the third one, you'd think they'd do something more interesting at the end of a level. Three, Yeah, 3 should have improved upon too. but whatever a second game comes out, it's either you, you get even better, or you just fall right off. And this one kind of fell off, only in comparison, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. It's alright. It, it was... I mean, the levels were fine, I guess, but even... But fine isn't good enough, I feel. No, that's the thing. It, like, if this was number two, it would probably be better, but, like, I had a better experience before this one. So I'm like, eh. You know? Like if, Yeah, I, I could probably agree with that. But even the first one had everything about the first one felt better than this third one. Not only that, you had the the actual Donkey Kong in it. So like, right. And there's a backstory to that, which I guess, like... So I guess what happened was, like, M- Miyamoto doesn't like Donkey Kong Country. Like, he doesn't like what Rare 
like did do it. He said the game looks like shit. So Rare was offended by that. And then, <laughs> which is why in 2, there's no Donkey Kong. They were like, no, this is our thing now. Like, it has the name, but that's it. So they did as a slap in the face in Nintendo. And I've heard that 3, the reason Baby Kong exists is because it's supposed to be like calling Donkey Kong a little, like a little bitch. Oh my god. So, uh, well, then that hurts, that hurts us, the gamers, then, yeah, in the end. So, like, it's kind of just like a fuck you to Miyamoto kind of thing. Well, I mean, it utilizes the same the same uh, uh, silicon graphics mm-hmm. technology, the the rendering, the pre rendered models, and everything. Three man animations. It's all it's all the same. Um, it has all, all the same people as as a uh, Diddy's Conquest, the second one. So it's like what what went wrong here? I just what what happened? I think it was just rushed. It was rushed, and it just because it was rushed, it had no soul behind it. How much time was there between one and two? Do you know offhand? Uh, I can look it up. But one one thing that didn't that that I think that stood out the most, and it, it's bad, is the music. Was, yeah, it sucks. Was so boring and bland. Yeah, two. I think two. The big thing I got two and one were music. And, like, you know, it's one of those things you don't think about, like, music in a game until it's really bad. Like, even good music right. in the game, I'm like, alright, this is good. But like, when, like, it just sounds, like, dreary and depressing. Like, I can't tell you a single, like, I can't even, like, hum a song from 3. So, Donkey Kong Country 1 came out a year, exactly a year before Donkey Kong 2. So, there was, so then there couldn't be any excuse for... Time frame. No, I think that's still that makes it an even stronger case, like because it's like okay, we got two out and we did a good job, and they're like, do it again in another year. They're like, come on, you know. Mm. So like, I see a pot because like Crash Two, which is revolved like one of the best ones, came out a year after Crash One. I suppose so. Maybe they had all the ideas made and uh, they were able to refine everything for the second game, and the third game fell off. Yeah, because by the uh, third one, you're in like... In the case of Crash 3, we saw we saw a, a, a vast change. They added a bunch of different things. Crash got sunglasses. Holy crap. <laughs> Which means he's got what did, two now. Yeah. What did what did Donkey Kong... What, what did Donkey Kong Country 3 get? It felt like they got nothing. They got a baby. They got a baby character, and that was it. Uh, I don't know. Any Anytime I talk to someone about Donkey Kong Country 3... Because uh, I've played it prior to the podcast, but now i got to dive into it a little bit more and, get, and develop my own opinion... The only people that say, it's this is just from who I've communicated with, the only people that say they truly like Donkey Kong Country 3 is because it was the first one they played in the series, or it was the only game they played in the series. So they have the, a big nostalgia glasses uh, over turning the game. Hmm. So we could rank, I would probably rank the whole trilogy 2, 1, 3 then? Yeah, I'd get behind that. Yeah. Yeah. This is this was uh this was the most disappointing one on the list for sure. I'll still stand by it's not a bad game. It's just play two instead kind of thing. I would rather play the other two. I don't I don't even see a need to play this because I I don't even like the way it looks honestly. Yeah, <laughs> I think this one has like the best cover art of all three, which makes me want to like it more. Oh, come come now. I don't know. I, li- uh, I liked it. So, unfortunate. Unfortunate. Yeah, unfortunate, but oh well. So, our last game is Kevin's Lit. last game, sixth game. 
And uh, I will go into something right after we announce the game that we played. And Kevin gives kind of a little who developed it backstory when it came out and everything. So, uh, Kevin, I go for it. Like I researched this. So, the last game on the list was Castlevania 3, Dracula's Curse. Probably easily, well, I would say easily the best Castlevania on NES. And, you know, 2D side scroller, left to right. Um, the big draw of this one was something I didn't use at all, which was the interchangeable characters. Like, right. I honestly, I don't see the reason to be anyone but Trevor Bella in this game. Ever. Like, Gotta be Trevor fucking Belmont, man. Yeah, well, like, none of the characters did anything else that was special. Like, you had Grant, who climbed on walls, and then blue mage lady who existed and then i I never found alucard so i don't know if he does anything special but i don't know it was okay i mean the game is really good it's really hard um this is it's it's ungodly hard (laughs) yeah this is one that i emulated because um one i knew i was going to save state the crap out of it and two i ain't paying for that cartridge yeah, it's like 50, 60 bucks. Ugh, I can't do that. I remember when it was 25. It's too much, yeah. man. Like, And this one had some special sound chip in it if you're cool enough to live in Japan. Where it had like better music. Uh, I'm not paying for a Famicom version of this game for that. It was just, I don't know. It's an overall good 2D platformer. It took what made Castlevania 1 good and then made it better. Um, and they, yeah, and they took uh, the only good part of Simon's Quest, the second one, which was the backtracking, to go an alternating path. See, the backtracking got me confused at first, because once I got Grant, then I was like, why am I doing this level backwards? What do I do? And I couldn't see where I was falling down to sometimes. That was irritating, yeah. for sure, because the rules would, the rules of dying at the bottom of the screen only applied then to certain sections right and that was where i was like all right well i'm safe stating this but i will give it a pass because of the time yeah because it it came out in 1990 yeah 89 90 around there i guess but be consistent you know yeah this was definitely a virtual console purchase for me yeah well you safe stated i'm sure right i did not i tried to try to beat it as as faithfully as i could so jd's a liar we all know this I did. I didn't. I didn't get very far to say the least. Say to say the least. Um, I got Grant, and I got Ice Mage Lady, which I can't remember her name. Yeah, I, I don't even. I, uh, I think, think, believe it or not, it's a guy, but I don't care enough. Also, I can't remember her name. Yeah, it's not important. And Honestly, I, and I just and this it's it's actually very appropriate that you picked this game because earlier this month. The anime came out. Oh yeah, about Castlevania three, and it's on Netflix. I forgot that happened. Four episodes, and it's. I quite liked it. I didn't. Play, I quite enjoyed it. I didn't it was, play it, was, it yet, but it was good. I would try it. the The anime is really good. Uh, it, it Trevor Belmont's a beast. He's <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, Dracula's a pissed off guy. So obviously we're facing Dracula as in this one. Yep. As you, as you do. And you're you are the you are the same? No, you're a different We're Trevor Belmont we're Trevor than the first one. one. The first one you're Simon, this one we're Trevor. Yeah, the first and second one you're Simon, this one you're Trevor. 
Sifa. Sifa, that's her name. Yeah. Her name's Sifa. Syphilis, got it. <laughs> I never used her anyway. I don't care about her. I used her. She was good. She had a... Uh... She she had poor regular attacks, but her magic attack killed enemies a lot. I didn't even easier, know how you use the magic. <laughs> that 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 uh that was a lot easier. How do, how do you um, use the magic, honestly? Uh, well, you can switch with select, and then you would hold up and B like an attack, like using Trevor getting an axe or something. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I couldn't make it work. Uh, well, you were also on an emulator, so maybe that was the deal. Oh, baby, you're on an emulator. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. I had to play it at work, and I played on my on my breaks, and I think over the course of, like, three weeks with save stating, I beat it. And save, yeah, I called you a little bitch for save stating because you didn't dude, try to beat save it. save stating? You didn't, you didn't no. get very far? See, I screwed myself at save stating because I, like, had, like, one life, like, or a hit left, <laughs> and I was fighting Dracula. Dracula. I was like, oh, God. Here we go. And I had like... Oh, Dracula's impossible in Castlevania 3. No, impossible. Not unless you save state it. I, I watched videos of people trying to beat Dracula not save stating, and I I couldn't... Like, I finally found one video of someone doing it, because everything was like challenged to beat Dracula. So they would save state up until Dracula with full lives, <laughs> and then they'd try to beat it without like a save state thing. Yeah. It's just impossible. <laughs> it's... It, it... <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I don't know how anyone would do this any other way. I'm sorry. It's The music is fantastic. It's rock hard. That's for sure. I'm rock hard. The game is rock hard <clears throat> in difficulty. Um, I did think the backtracking was pretty cool. I loved the alternating paths. Mm-hmm. I loved that addition. And uh, a lot... The, the clock level, the most, the most memorable, for sure... You're jump, jumping all the clock gears. They're all moving in the back of the screen. I did like that. Um, yeah, there, there's so much atmosphere to the Castlevania games. And 3 gave us, as you said at the beginning, 3 gave us everything 1 did and made it better. And took the nonsense that Castlevania 2 out. <laughs> and it made me forget that 2 existed. Yeah. I would definitely agree this is the best Castlevania on the Nintendo Entertainment System, for sure. My friend would argue, uh, too, but he can be wrong. <laughs> oh, I wonder... Man, I, I still haven't seen one in the wild. I definitely want it, uh, a physical copy. But until then, I have uh, the virtual console version, and that's good enough for now. If, I, if I find one for you, I'll send it to you. Okay. Yeah, and I'll PayPal the money to you and my Canadian fake money. Nice. That means I'll have more money somehow. That's not how that works. <laughs> well, no, I'll end up paying more. Nah, I'd, but I'd, the Canadian I'd, dollar is getting closer. I'd bro price you. Come on now. So, this game, actually in development, uh, yeah, you, you did say that the uh, there was a, a, an extra chip involved for ja- for the Japanese version of the game. Yep. Which made the music better. You did say that. I did. And if you want to go find a Famicom disc version of this game, good luck. It's it's pretty hard, I think, to find. Yeah, it probably is. Uh, have you ever played any other Castlevanias besides this one? I've played one. I beat one, actually. I'm sorry. I beat three. So I've gotten close to beating four. 
I played Bloodlines, which is so good. Um, it's really good. I dabbled in Dracula X. And then I have the PSP version of Dracula X, which I haven't played. And then what was the other Ooh. one? I played... Uh, Symphony of the Night. I beat... That was one of the first uh, series I did on my channel, but I didn't know how to edit. Uh, and it's really cringy and don't watch it. <laughs> I would redo it because it needs it. It deserves justice. Well, uh, Dracula X, if I'm not mistaken, is the port of the Turbo Graphics. Yeah, it's the superior version that everyone tells me. I'm like, it's it's fine enough. I have yeah, you can get it on the Virtual Console, and that's probably my favorite Castlevania game as well. Um, Symphony of the Night is definitely uh, number two, and then Bloodlines is three. But Castlevania three, uh, I don't know. There's something about the NES version the NES Castlevania series and its simplicity and uh, its difficulty that, that keeps drawing me back in. So maybe the more I play Castlevania 3, the higher on the list it'll go. Uh, oh, I also played the the DS ones. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much uh, this is this would be the the one I'd get on, on NES first. Which I know everyone mm-hmm. would tell you, like, get one first. It's just, this one's the hardest one, but it's the best one. If you're going to pick one Castlevania, I'd say get this one. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, and it does everything the, the first one does with uh, deaths and restarting at, at levels. Um, it's <laughs> the Ninja Gaiden bullshit where it's three lives and you're out. That's that's nonsense. <laughs> well, that, you know, old games, that's what they do. <laughs> so... Very happy with with Castlevania three. If you're a fan of the Castlevania th- series at all, this is a definitely a must play. And then go watch the anime adaptation of this game because it's it's campy and it's awesome. <laughs> Define what you mean by campy. Uh, you'll just have you'll just have to see see it for yourself. Deal. Like Dracula, Dracula. The, the writing is just super over the top medieval type speak. Dracula's this like pompous dude and he gets all pissed off. You burned my wife. Therefore you will all burn in a sea of fire. Demons attack. <laughs> what is a man? Does he say that yet? Well, he doesn't say that, but he has that inflection on his voice when he talks all the time. It's quite quite funny. And Trevor Belmont has just great lines. He doesn't he don't give a fuck about anybody. That's the move. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a moment where he gets kicked in the balls, and he's like, please stop. <laughs> okay, so maybe I'll go watch it. Yeah. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's out. Only four episodes. Uh, the, the second season was already approved, so it's very appropriate that you picked Castlevania 3 for the second sequel podcast here. Do you ever listen to, uh, now that it's totally related to 3, do you ever listen to Giant Bomb ever? I have, yeah. I do you do. ever see... Um, when they talk about, like, yeah, I made up lyrics to Castlevania too, Like, you know, the da-da-da-da-da, you know, that's all. da 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 Yeah, they're, they're like, what's the song? He goes, uh, Barkerville, and uh, Barkerville, Barkerville. It's like, the only word you made up is Barkerville. Why'd you call the town Barkerville? He goes, oh, it just fits. Barkerville, <laughs> Barkerville. It's just like, so lame. You know, just uh, every time I hear that song now, I just start going, Barkerville. <laughs> yeah, the music's definitely the best part of the Castlevania uh, series. Uh, have you ever played the Th- Lords of Shadow on the PS3? I have it, and I want it. I have the Castlevania collection on that, which comes with uh, 
It's that one and then the 3DS game, which I heard was meh. Um, yeah, yeah. And then I heard Castlevania Lord Shadow 2 is like cancer on a disc. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you like God of War, Lords of Shadow is, is good. I heard, it's, I heard it's called Castlevania Lords of Shadow of the Colossus. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, I would say Castlevania Lords of War or something. <laughs> yeah. Could work along those lines. So yeah, good game. Uh, to go over... So yeah, that, that takes us to the end here. Uh, to go over our six games we played for the second sequels podcast here is Siphon Filter 3, Gex 3, Deep Cover Gecko, both on the PlayStation, Adventures of Lolo 3 on the NES, Suikoden 3 on the PS2, Donkey Kong Country 3, Dixie Kong's Double Trouble on the Super Nintendo, and Castlevania 3 on the NES again. What's our score of recommendations? How many out of six? Uh, I would say five out of six, personally. Uh, yeah, I pretty much would say, like, pass on Lolo. And that's it. I would still play D- And I would, I would say pass on DKC3. Well, that's why you're wrong. No, I'm just kidding. He's got a point. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Just, yeah. Uh, but that also plays into the fact that I've played the first two. Um, maybe my opinion would be different if I've played the first two Siphon Filters, Gex's, Lolo's. Um, you can definitely pass on Castlevania 2. <laughs> yeah. Play uh, the good Castlevania 2 on Game Boy. Man, I couldn't, I couldn't, besides DKC 3 being last for me, it's, it's pretty hard to rank them like 1 to 5, but I definitely have my number 1 and number 2. Yeah. I can see that. That would be... Lolo 3, number 1, and Castlevania 3, number 2. I wonder what the Lolo series I would rank if I got to actually have the brain power to play it well. Yeah, I really wish you would have uh, given it more more time. Sorry, I don't have the brain. That's okay, it's okay. <laughs> I can't do it. So what do you got? What, what are your favorites? What are your two favorites? Castlevania 3 and Siphon Filter 3, I think. Ooh, nice. Think that's the move. Yeah, I wonder what I wonder what Josh would have would have preferred. I think he would have preferred just Castlevania and Sweet Code. You can just speak for him; it's fine. Yeah, I think Castlevania would be his number one, and Sweet Code and number two. Word. Yeah, something something tells me he's in an RPG kind of mood. <laughs> yeah, I feel it. <laughs> yeah, he he's been playing. For those that don't know, Josh couldn't be here today. He represents Power Chord Gaming. Uh, YouTube channel, and he's playing through all the Final Fantasies. He's got time for that, but not to be here with us. Mm-hmm. Whew. He has time to play Final Fantasy, but not time to wake up and podcast with us. But that's okay. <clears throat> John. Uh, he he gave us he gave us he gave me at least one really good game to to look for in the future. As, so as it should be. Yeah. All right. Well, Kevin, any parting words? Or no, you know what? You know what? What are some other second sequels out there you would like to just kind of honorably mention? Uncharted 3, Killzone 3, Tide the Tasmanian Tiger 3. I haven't played any of those. I don't know about that last one. Um, <laughs> Jack 3. Midway Arcade Treasures 3. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm actually serious about that one because it has the arcade versions of like a lot of racing games people play on like Dreamcast and 64, including Hydro Thunder. So right. I would recommend that. Um, let's get one more in there for good measure. 
Burp. Uh, assi- a lot of modern games. There's a lot yeah. of modern game yeah. trilogies out there. Assassin's uh, Creed 3 also, is probably wait, the weakest. Hold up. It's coming. I'm getting there. Wait, one, two. Ocarina of Time. It's, that is the fourth one. Oh, a, con- a home console one. Oh shit, it still is. Link to the Past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Link to the Past. Street- that's, a, that's a good one. All right, so there, that's all I got. Street Fighter 3, Third Strike. <laughs> uh, man, what what other... Uh, Tomb Raider 3 is good. I never played um, those, actually. Yeah, a lot of the... Oh, we're definitely going to have a Tomb Raider episode at one point. <laughs> hmm. Whole dedicated Tomb Raider. Soon. Uh, yeah, a lot... I mean, you could you could just go on and on about second sequels. Uh, but a lot of them did come out later, uh, post-2000. Those third games. Um, if we're staying away from, like, major, franch- major franchises. So... Yeah word i think we did a good job here buddy i i think i think it was a fun episode if you want to listen to more red leaf retrocast you can find it once again itunes google play stitcher tune in radio and a plethora of other places you can also find the podcast on vidme and youtube at Mushenspiel. yeah you can find kevin at console kev great youtube channel some tales of symphonia stuff if you like rpgs i have like messing around type more. material i have 11 more to edit what am i doing with my life if you, if you want to continue the RPG train with r- the members of the Red League Red Retrocast, definitely check out Josh's Power Chord Gaming channel, where he's playing through all the Final Fantasies. You can find him at Twitter at the same names. Word. Sponsored by David T., of course. <laughs> Drink on. Keep the voice mellow and the body healing with that, with some David's tea. That was some, <laughs> some deep shit. Oh, and if you want to, and if you're interested in, in more Red Leaf Retrocast material, there's the Weebcast, which we discuss retro anime. Same thing. I'm sure if you've uh, listening to us now, you you'd be interested in some anime. So, uh, I think uh, I think some Castlevania three music's gonna take us out. Agreed, Kevin. Sir. All righty. <laughs> I guess we'll see you guys next time then. <laughs>